now. And put that right there. I mean, you didn't already have the audio recording up, just like no, I was bitching waiting. and moaning about me being late. No, I didn't even bitch and moan. Ooh, yeah, sorry, man. Maybe next time. Why is this view different than it normally is? Where the fuck got it? I bet your girlfriend I bet Carly comes in and just changes all your shit he probably does man no, that's how, how she gets back at you she's got a real problem yeah <laughs> she's like I want him to feel like he's crazy weird all the dimensions are fucked up for some reason. Okay. Um. Is Dorian here? No, he's a uh, he's visiting some friends up in San Francisco. Oh. All right. Uh, go ahead and start the uh, video in three, two. Hello and welcome to the Benzo Rehab Dungeon, episode 81. It is the 25th of February, 2022. I am your host, Michael Debs. Uh, not joining us uh, this weekend, sadly, uh, Dorian, or sorry, Danko Suvin from the Instagram handle at Um uh, Joining me as always, John the producer from the Instagram handle at Discopathic. And then, uh, of course, we have our special guest today, which is uh, Teddy K, our Russian history uh, go-to guy. Probably would take issue with me calling him an expert, but I, I do that anyways. Um, Teddy, how are you doing today? And please keep in mind you're muted. There we go. Cool. Hi. How's it going? Um, let's say I've been better. Yeah. Understood. Let's say I've been much better. Um, yeah. But uh, there are people out there that are doing far worse than me. So uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and John, how are how are you doing this evening? 
Oh, I'm I'm doing great. Oh. Well rested. Wow, the world's falling I, apart, and John's fine. That's good to know. Yeah, you know, but I, I definitely almost didn't miss a podcast because I was sleeping. I don't recall any of that. I don't recall having to call you at the last minute to see if you were awake. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you made it, and we're only uh, five six minutes late. So you know, worse things have happened. Yeah. All right, so um, there's a couple of news items I wanted to get to real quick. Oh, hold up. Someone's saying it. Oh, shoot. Didn't put the stream up, did you? Uh, I forgot to go live. Hey, everybody. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, imagine that the, <laughs> the intro music played. I'm still getting used to this newer program that I'm using um, and the newer way that I'm setting it up. Uh, we did introductions. Um, Danko Suvin is not here today. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Debs, of course, as always. Uh, John, the producer, is here. And we have our special guest, uh, Teddy K, our Russian history expert. Um, we got the pleasantries out of the way, so we'll just go ahead and skip that because we don't need to rehash all that again. Um, there were uh, two news articles that I wanted to take a look at real quick uh, before we get into the Ukraine stuff. Um, so, John, if you could go ahead and go to that first link. Ooh, hit that X wow. button. That, you know, it's washing everything out. Jeez. Okay. Uh, oh, so yay. the first one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite guy. Um Governor Abbott of Texas has uh, ordered state agencies to investigate gender-affirming care for trans uh, children as child abuse. Uh, you can scroll down a little bit. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Tuesday ordered state agencies to investigate gender-affirming care for transgender kids. Uh, basically, uh, Texas is now going to prosecute uh, families who are giving their children uh, gender-affirming care. Um, this is obviously a grotesque thing. They're, they're obviously putting it under the, the pretext that, oh, we're taking care of the children whose parents are obviously uh, so poisoned by woke culture or whatever that they're, you know, performing child abuse, abuse on their children by uh, giving them gender-affirming care. Um, Gender affirming care in anybody who's a minor essentially is just puberty blockers, um, which, you know, can can help children who are maybe experiencing some kind of gender dysphoria. Uh, there are some potential side effects to it, but they're not very serious. And the potential side effects for not giving uh, children gender affirming care is they uh, uh, oftentimes uh, end up killing themselves. Uh, they face depression, uh, long term, uh, you know mental effects uh from from basically not being validated in, in how they feel um or or what they believe their their actual gender is um <clears throat> so uh you know just just something to keep in mind uh things are happening in america uh that aren't great right now um of course uh the white house is too busy uh worrying about things like Ukraine and ignoring the pandemic to really do anything about this. Um, 
they wouldn't have done anything about it either way, but this is their, you know, kind of excuse for not focusing on it. Um, and then the, uh, the other one that I wanted to look at is, uh, Florida, which is the next link, uh, which is the, uh, I forget what the actual name of the bill is, but, uh, it's being called the don't say gay bill, um, which has a pretty strong chance of passing. Uh, and basically it's, uh, the bill limiting uh, the amount like discussions uh, limiting discussions in uh uh the education system um on you know introducing children to things like uh gay marriage or um you know maybe other relationships that aren't standard um I feel like there's another country where I, I've seen this happen before. I just can't can't put my finger on which one. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's been more than one country, probably, but um, I think I know which one you're talking about. Um, <clears throat> so basically, this uh, I, I don't know if this passed yet. Um, I, I didn't uh, follow up on the news today because there's been a lot going on uh, with the Ukraine stuff that we're, we're more going to be talking about. Um, but... Uh, yeah, this is uh, pretty bad. Um, <clears throat> again, yeah, I, it doesn't seem like there's any kind of response to this, you know, on the federal level or anything like that. Uh, yeah. DeSantis, as far as, go ahead. As far as uh, uh, Cripple Hitler, uh, the most populous uh, county uh attorneys and district attorneys in uh, some of the more populous parts of the state uh said that they are not going to enforce uh yeah uh they're not going to bring uh charges to uh parents mm -hmm. uh, for transgender kids because they said this was a uh, ghoulish and <laughs> yeah. and evil that's uh that's putting it pretty lightly um yeah I, I believe that uh, Abbott is going to go to hell when he dies. I don't believe in hell, but I believe that he's going to hell. And oh, yeah. um, I believe that when he goes to hell, uh, it's just going to be like him at the bottom of like a bunch of staircases. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's just got to figure that out. Um, he's in a wheelchair for those that don't know. Um, yeah. Which, uh, I would never also, make fun of somebody for their disability, but I will make fun of an evil person's disability. So, yeah, and uh, and uh, also, <laughs> I mean, this is just the last thing that uh, that uh, fucking uh, Greg Abbott's going to hell for. Yeah, the late, the yeah. latest of many things. Yeah. All right. Um, no easy way to switch gears uh this this was kind of a last minute thing uh to talk about ukraine today but i'm very glad that we're going to be able to um and i think we have the right person to talk about it uh teddy uh would you like to give us some cultural background to what's going on right now and anything that you can you can tell us that maybe has uh played a prominent role in the progression of uh, the, the conflict and the escalation sure. of tensions uh, between Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. Um, well, if I could just start by saying um, anything I say today in any analysis I do is 
allowable to be completely different by the time this podcast ends. That's how fast things are moving. Um, if any of the listeners have been following stuff along, um, it, things change pretty quickly and uh, hundreds of people can be gone in the blink of an eye. Um, also, again, please, uh, I, I, I don't want to be considered an expert on this or any kind of knowledge thing just because I'm Russian, especially, you know, from a um, consider being considerate perspective, you know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to be as uh, even keeled as I possibly can, even though there's a monstrous evil being perpetrated. Um, But uh, there's enough people wailing on the internet right now a lot with completely legitimate gripes. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, what are you typing? What are you typing? Uh, oh, I like that. Oh my God. This became a thing. Sorry, Teddy. Didn't mean to distract you. That's all good, dude. I don't think you can uh, report Greg Abbott in this one. Hey, can't I? Uh, this is, uh, I like to report violent content. But, uh, uh, John, actually, yeah. if you could just, uh, like Google Maps Ukraine so we have something to look at while Teddy starts talking. Yeah. Uh, again, historically, it just all depends on how far back you want me to go. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a running joke that I'll have to. I'll have to go back to the Neolithic Revolution again, but uh, this this time I think we can skip some stuff. Yeah, let's uh, maybe. Um... We covered uh, Kiev and Rus, right? Uh, yeah, twelve hundred years ago, there were largely one group of people living in this area, and the modern day Ukrainians, the modern day Belarusians, the modern day Poles, the modern day uh, Czechs, Slovaks, uh, Moldovians. Moldovans, they're all descendants of that in one way or another. Not Kievan Rus specifically, but you know, trace trace is all back, and we're all one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why this you know it makes it particularly tragic. Um, but this really, really plays into uh, Putin's batshit little fucking view of the world, which is, I will admit, just historical enough to affect people at home, but in all other ways, just absolutely batshit. I want to say intentionally misleading reading of history. I, I I don't know. We can, we can get into his mindset uh, as we go through this, but um, actually again, 1200 years ago, uh, Putin's demands would be completely legit because uh, there were no cultural differences between Ukrainians and Russians yeah. um, because there were no such thing as Ukrainians or Russians. They were just, you know, Slavic tribes. But, uh, you know, it's it's been 1,200 years. Yeah. There's been some changes. There's been cultural linguistic changes. There's been, um, well, you know, ecological changes. But that's oh, there's, there's been... Kinda, Lots yeah. of changes. There's been wars in, in these areas. There's been, yeah. you know, functionally um, a distinct Ukrainian kind of uh, again, I'm not I don't hold a doctrine on this, so please don't shout me down. But uh, 
Oh, there you go. How did Peter the Great cause this? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> there is actually an incident of the uh, Zaporozhian uh, hetman, Ivan Mazepa, uh, first allying himself with Peter's army and then actually going over to Charles's army during the Great Northern War. So, yeah, there's there's a deep history there. You know, uh, the Ukrainians draw their kind of cultural basis from a lot of the Cossacks from the uh, Zaporozhian Cossacks and that sort of stuff, but not entirely. Uh, the, lo- the short story essentially is in the 17th, 16th centuries, these people had several choices. Um, they, as you can see, are located right at the confluence of a huge river, the Dnieper. We talked about its economic importance during the Middle Ages. Mm. Um, the, you know, the, the, the pathway from Scandinavia to Byzantium. Um, obviously in the 16th, 17th century, they were now at the crossroads of the Ottoman empire, which ruled all the way up through Crimea, um, uh, Austria, Hungary to the West and the growing power of, uh, the Tsardom of Russia, as well as Poland, Lithuania. Um, there were numerous factions, there were wars fought amongst numerous factions. And the strongest faction of these was the faction of Bogdan or Bogdan Khmelnytsky, which um, essentially brought fealty to the Tsar. Ever since then, uh, the fate of Ukrainians has been tied to those of Russians, or so some will tell you. Um, But essentially, uh, Ukraine has since then still had a very, you know, interesting history they they the parts of them were under austrian rule under hungarian rule under polish rule under russian rule under ottoman rule throughout obviously since nation states are a relatively new thing they've only emerged in the last couple centuries or so um the borders and again don't hate on me too much for this but uh borders are largely arbitrary because they no, don't yeah. represent, for example, uh, medieval feudal realities, as we right. talked about when we talked about Lithuania, people of different ethnicities lived on this bank of a river, on that bank of a river, and other ethnicities lived closer uh, to a certain modern day borderland. And uh, I kind of hopefully see the future ending up like that, where you know, not more feudal, but I bet the end caps would love that. Um, but um more, you know, with borders being largely kind of a fluid thing or going away completely, because that's how traditionally people have lived without borders. Yeah. Borders are entirely, you know, uh, constructed things, but a lot of wars going on about borders nowadays and, quote, uh, historic lands and, quote, you know, historically Russian lands or historically Ukrainian lands. This, um, the, emergen- the, the emergence of a national identity is often seen much more, um, strongly in people that have been ruled by others. Um, That's why there was a very strong emergence of Czech nationalism in Austria-Hungary, very strong Polish nationalism, Ukrainian nationalism in the Russian empire. You know, they were not the Russians ethnically. And of course there's repression. You know, people are stupid, people are vile, people are racist, people are, and always have been. And, have treated others, you know, different people other than them, you know, Hey, you speak differently than I do. Um, you sound foolish. What you know, like when I was growing up, the Ukrainian language was always told to me that, Hey, then, you know, they sound real funny. You know, they sound 
they sound like they're drunk or they sound like they're mispronouncing Russian words. You know, it's almost like their language is insulting to the Russian language. And it's exactly the other way around for like a Belarusian listening to Russian or Ukrainian listening to Russian. You know, we all have this tree of languages and we're so close to each other that it just sounds almost like an accent to each other. Yeah. Again, you know, kids being kids, like, a, you know, a lot of jokes, so many. Of course, you know, right, right. Um, a lot of people take it to a much worse level. You know, this is kind of like the Balkans. Of course, the Balkans have their own rich history, but again, there's there's very strong um, tensions at times, and at times there's not. Again, during the Soviet Union, uh, there was kind of a cap put on that kind of nationalism um, after the Russian Revolution, which you know is almost a misnomer because. The revolution didn't happen just in Petrograd and Leningrad and St. Petersburg. It, it spread. And a lot of nationalists during this time took their opportunity to secede from the falling Russian Empire. Uh, the Finns created their own state. Uh, the Poles broke away. The uh, Ukrainians had their own state for a while. Um, a variety of Central Asian uh, places decided to create their own states um, because yeah, Russia, the Russian Empire was an empire. It was an imperial power. Of and throughout its entire existence, it conquered lands and uh, incorporated people into its lands. And even modern Russia, to a certain extent, well, not, not to a certain extent, just modern Russia is still an imperial power in a very domestic sense, because just living on, you know, in, living in Russian territory are not just ethnic Russians. We have uh, Tatars, which is just a changed word for, you know, the original Mongols that came over. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, th th we have steppes, we have mountains, we have Bashkirs, uh, steppe, former nomads, essentially. We have uh, indigenous people that live close to the Arctic and in the Far East. Uh, we have uh, Volga Germans, or we used to have a lot more, but, you know, we have Lutherans living in the, along the Volga. It's that sort of stuff. There's, um, Russia has always been a multi-ethnic state, even before it was really a state. And anyone that goes, again, which makes the nationalism really, really silly. Um, but as we will kind of dig and dig, their governments, especially the one that's been in power since 1991, or you know, the, the successor of which, have this weird ass backwards way of kind of holding it together into molding this post-Soviet space and co-opting both Soviet and Russian empire and atheist and Russian Orthodox imagery. And um, it, it's this kind of chimera that honestly, even to this day, kind of makes me shake my head a little bit because it is such a, uh, you get, you know, it, it's a, it's a shill, really. It, it's a shill and kind of a, a charlatan kind of way. It, it is a government and a series of parties and rulers that are devoid of any kind of true ideology. Their ideology is to stay in power, and they, as times change and go by, will go with what maintains them their power. And at times, uh, Putin's government has embraced uh, nationalism. Orthodox Christianity, uh, the old Soviet kind of nostalgia, um, which is why I, I understand that uh, while I do get very, very mad about like, oh, is Russia still communist? <laughs> you know, like people, I, I kind of give it, well, I try to, I actually get really upset, but like, 
It's um, okay to get upset. It's it's it's, it's 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 in a way it's understandable. A because Americans are frankly just not taught history at an adequate level uh, in school, and the second is that it is confusing. It's a very confusing space, and for the last over thirty years now, it's twenty twenty two. It has been thirty one years or close to 31 years. It's been 30 years that Russia has existed in a post-Soviet space and, and kind of a post-modernist perspective. I wish Danko was here. Um, it, it's, it's largely a country searching for meaning. It's a government, a country, a people. Uh, I don't want to say people. That's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of fashy. Um, it, it's, it's just a space looking for something, something to put down its roots in. And you get all sorts of wacky thinking come out of that. And at the same time, we've seen what damage this sort of wacky thinking can do. Um, let me know if I'm just kind of running off no, no, no. here. You're, you're doing great. Um, um, so again, it's it's really hard to explain because you know people in America I talk to or whatever they're they're like, well, why don't people in Russia just do this? Why did they let this? It's well, yeah. Um, I mean, that's, sure. that's 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 the mistake of you know viewing any group of people, even if they With have some your own kind mindset. Of, what's up? It's viewing people as having a I don't want to say I don't you know I don't know if it's a Western or an American <laughs> or an ang kind of former English kind of mindset, you know, I don't or want to just group everything together, as, you know, as having a unified mindset to begin with. Exactly. Know, it's, it's, but there's, again, exploring the postmodernist space here, there's um, just the way people view the world. Yeah. Every person views the world differently and he's 100% or, you know, they are 100% affected by how they grew up, where they grew up, what they're taught, what they perceive, what their language is, how their language uses words. It really is that deep, I think, because I've. No, I the, would, I would I'm, I'm going to say agree. I'm going to say the word distinct privilege of being afforded to be able to be raised in two different societies, because I can kind of at times step back and look at it from a third perspective. I've, I've been extraordinarily fortunate to be able to do that because at times I could step back in my American self and recognize that this dumbass superstition that I'm following of not handing something over a threshold or having to look at a mirror before I leave as something stupid and, and bronze age. And then my Russian self is like, what the fuck are you talking about? You will literally die if you don't do this. Yeah. And then at the same time, I can kind of step out with my Russian self. And every time I go through a McDonald's drive through and I could just step outside myself and say, you fat piece of shit, you could have fucking made your own food. You know, like it's, 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 it's that sort of thing. I can, you know, Plenty it's of potatoes mostly, at home. What are you doing? It's mostly, it's mostly self-critical, obviously, but uh, I do it for other things too. Um, I'm sure there's, you know, hopefully, you know, if you're bilingual, if you code switch at all, you, you've experienced this to some degree. Um, hopefully that, you know, I'm not just a crazy person, but uh, yeah, no, I'm not I, sure where I was going with this. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so let's, let's maybe back up and also come more to the present of, of things, I guess. Um, we're, we're, we're backing up spatially and, and coming more to the present of well, what's happening. Uh, okay. But gotcha. um, John, actually, if you could go back to the map. All um, right. So 
How how much do you know about uh, Donetsk and Lugansk? Yeah, let's go there. Yeah, let's go to uh, let's go to 2014. <laughs> because when we're, when, um, when you mentioned that you know these these borders are kind of fluid in actuality, I think this is a hmm. situation in which that is true to a large extent. Although I would hesitate to say that you know anybody from either of these regions has again a unified belief about who they are and what they belong gotcha. to all right so if john if you can zoom out to the whole ukraine again i apologize um you see the huge ass river winding its way through the the country yeah yes okay that's the Dnieper river uh from now on i'm going to reference uh something called left bank and right bank ukraine sure mm -hmm. this is confusing because left bank ukraine is actually the eastern side and right bank Ukraine well, is the, actually the western it, side because it's the flow of the Dnieper that we're following. Okay. So if you're following the flow into the sea, left bank is where Poltava and Kharkiv is, and the right bank is where uh, Lviv and Ivano-Frankivsk are. Okay. And then, so, of course, you so see... Just to clarify, so so the Dnieper runs northward? Is that is that what I'm getting? It runs from the north to the south. From the north it to the south. It exits okay. out at Kherson. Okay. Okay. I see, I see what That's, you're saying. So we're looking south... And saying left yeah, and so right. So it comes from gotcha. the north and flows out into the Black Sea in the south. Okay. This, these are historical things, but they're going to come into play. Now, um, left bank Ukraine or the east has a distinctly Russian aligned history. People there up until, let's say, the post 2014 space usually grew up speaking Russian at home and speaking Russian most of the time. People in Kiev, the capital, before 2014, mostly grew up speaking Russian at home and had, while well, they had Ukrainian identities, of course, but they were essentially Russian speakers. And um, again, I, I don't want to, I don't want to describe everyone, but in the days that were, um, this was a distinctively Russian leaning kind of area. The ones, uh, the right bank Ukraine have always traditionally were more uh, Polish aligned. Again, this is not a, I don't want to generalize. I don't want to say every one of them was, but this is the side that traditionally in the historiography was always more uh, nationalist, meaning Ukraine nationalist, uh, spoke Ukrainian at home, um, that sort of stuff. And was possibly, uh, you know, some parts of right bank Ukraine were under the control of Poland or the Ottoman Empire or Austria. So the post-Soviet space, the Soviet Union breaks apart in 1991. Uh, all the republics, the Soviet Union con uh, contained 15 member republics, chose to leave. They were There was nothing holding them anymore. The entire basis during the revolution was uh, that the compromise was that the republics would be self-governing. Essentially, that's how Lenin got him to stick around because there was a lot of nationalism going on, and he kind of, yeah, that was the that was the deal he had to make essentially. Except for Finland, Finland was let go and became an independent country. Uh, he managed to, you know, the Soviet government managed to wrangle a bunch of these separatist states through warfare, through diplomacy, through a bunch of different things, create this federated state, or you know, the the Soviet state in 1991. All that goes away. The Soviet Union, the large governing body, is gone. 
Um, the current president of Russia, or of the Russian Soviet Republic, Boris Yeltsin, assumes power there. Different, you know, uh, people, you know, some places have open elections and some people uh, there's, you know, military dictatorships, that sort of stuff. And, you know, in the Central Asian republics, it's uh, some places are better than others. But essentially, some of the Central Asian republics have remanded back to essentially feudal rule. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of a lot of Russia is actually just like almost kind of like vassal states, really. Um, what are you talking about? You're talking about the Soviet Union or are you talking about Russia? Well, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, like current day Russia, a lot of the like more. Uh, there's there's even within even within Russia. Yeah. The, 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 there are uh, autonomous uh, regions. Yes. Yeah, self-governing, yeah. for example, yeah. Chechnya is a self-governing region. Right. Uh, there's you know, there's a. Uh, Bashkiria and Tatarstan and a variety of others that are in fact self-governing to a certain extent, of course. That's why there's, you know, that's why it's called a federation or, right. you know, legally, it's all legally called, there's, you know, the, <laughs> the legality is all right. there, but as we'll discover, um, that doesn't address everything. Um, now, um, uh, numerous things happen in Ukraine. Ukraine is, uh, out of all the post-Soviet republics, the second one in a bunch. It is the second most economically developed, the second most populous, the second most well-armed, the second most industrialized, the second most economically strong. So, And also, they're the second most nuclearly capable um, in this post-Soviet space, in the absolute fucking raggledy fuck that was the 90s that I lived through in Russia. Uh, it was essentially the Wild West. And um, in modern Western historiography, it's said that Western powers essentially didn't want warlords or whoever they thought might come, you know, uh, might come into power of a country to have nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. So that's where the Budapest Accords came in um, sometime during the 90s. Again, I have been drinking and I can't remember exactly what year it was, but essentially Ukraine surrendered all of its nuclear weapons. It was the second by strength nuclear power. I don't know if it was in the world or just, just in the post-Soviet space, but they obviously I think, had I a huge I think in the nuclear... post-Soviet space, right? Um, because I um, remember reading about this and I was gonna eventually right. bring this up. Yep, so they voluntarily gave up their a nuclear arsenal with the caveat that the West would protect them. Yeah. This, this is a, this is a tool that will help us later. Um, now at the time in the post-Soviet space in the nineties, nobody thought that Russia was going to do shit. Um, Russia was experiencing huge internal political troubles, uh, coup attempts. It was close to civil war. Um, you know, hyperinflation, all sorts of stuff. I like to talk about this time as a parallel, but not exactly a mirror image of what happened in Germany after World War One. Yeah. Um, again, draw conclusions from that, what you will. People are going to say, oh, you're overgeneralizing. But the hyperinflation, the rise of nationalism, the people's demand for stability in their lives is eerily fucking similar and the progression follows an eerily similar timetable there's also, that being said there's also a sense of national shame in, in a lot of people yes what happened to us we never lost any war uh, we were doing fine and all of a sudden the Soviet Union's gone and 
Um, you don't have a guaranteed job. You don't have guaranteed health care. The rubles in the toilet. Uh, again, the, there was no need to worry about a market in the Soviet space. Again, you can, you know, we can talk here and debate and argue the benefits versus the the sins of the Soviet state at any time. Um, I like to say that there are numerous benefits, and people from the so you know from the post-Soviet space will agree with. There were numerous benefits to a Soviet state. Some of them were. Uh, you know, the, the things that's uh, the good things so socialism creates, you know? Yeah. Guaranteed employment, no homelessness whatsoever, guaranteed health care, pensions, that sort of stuff. That stuff's gone in a second. Um, you have privatization, which, of course, is cheated on 100%. Yeah. So they said that, you know, privatization, everybody gets a token. Uh, my dad, I remember my dad getting several tokens. Uh, you know, this is kind of like your uh, stock or whatever. They said this would be yeah. stock. So immediately uh, Ponzi schemes and fucking, uh, you know, syndicates are going around uh, begging, borrowing, stealing, buying, threatening their way into attaining these fucking chits. And lo and behold, it seems like a lot of these former uh, apparatchiks and um, Soviet quote unquote leaders are suddenly in charge of major businesses. It's uh, lo and behold, the former you know communist director of a factory is suddenly its owner, and uh, you know we can we can do several episodes just on the nineties alone. Uh, but right, the Russians that yeah, lived probably during this time, <laughs> the Russians that lived during this time, have a distinct, vivid, traumatic memory of these times. Oh, I have yeah. a vivid, distinct, traumatic memory of these times. There were two separate constitutional coup attempts. There are some people that saw them as heroes, as whatever. So in 1991, there was uh, kind of a bunch of old Soviet jackoffs that wanted to do stuff. They were, you know, the, they failed, but a couple people got run down in the streets. And then in 1993, um, there was a more serious rebellion that took place in Moscow where people uh, captured the White House. Now in Russia, the White House in Moscow is actually the parliamentary building. But it, it was in fact called the White House. I think, I don't know if it still is, but um, yeah. So they there were huge millions of people marching through the streets of Moscow uh, because even at this point, this is 93, so it's only been a couple of years since the fall, but already you have hyperinflation, meaning like the cartoon hyperinflation you see in Weimar. Like, yeah, uh, my dad's salary was he was uh, he was an accountant. My dad's salary was something like 100 million rubles a month. And it wasn't a good thing. Like, at one no, point, because the government that means was like, a ruble oh, basically essentially yeah. means nothing. Um, so at one point, the government just said, hey, uh, a million rubles is now one ruble. They just said that like, okay, that's what, so they just sure. issued new banknotes or whatever, yeah. you know, in terms of exchange to dollars, I think it became the same, but just, they just made it easier to exchange money. But uh, yeah, there was a, there was a coup because money is made up everybody. That's true. Money is 100% made up, but in this case it had real effects Oh, for sure. because yeah. so many people believe that money's real. Uh, yeah. It affects real life. Um, but uh yeah. So again, uh, Street Democracy, there's huge demonstrations. People actually think that there might be a change in government. And Yeltsin at the at the 11th hour brings in tanks and they shell the White House. Um, 
they, you know, shoot people down in the street. I used to, uh, the first place I ever lived in Moscow was about a 10 minute walk down from the uh, Stankina television tower. It still, it still might be uh, Moscow's biggest, tallest landmark. It's a, you know, it's like the Toronto CN tower or whatever, like the Berlin kind of big tower, but it's got a rotating thing, but it's also a television tower. Like they actually filmed television stuff in there. Right. Uh, people marched on the TV tower to kind of, uh, you know, take it over, whatever, you know, start broadcasting to the country. And there was a group of Spetsnaz that sat there and it shot again, please don't quote me, but it shot something like 450 people. Um, just motherfuckers just open machine gun fire on the crowd. And then, you know, there were tanks and they were shelling the white house. And again, at this point, these liberators or people that wanted to change the government, they were, they were just essentially a secondary um, power block. They yeah. weren't good guys at all. They were just another group of uh, post-Soviet space criminals, former Soviet, whatever they were going to do essentially the same thing Yeltsin was doing. Um, it wasn't, it was never going to be good at that point. It was already too late to bring any kind of, you know, good old good communism, but it, it was never happening. Um, but what this happened was it solidified presidential powers. Uh, Yeltsin was able to suspend the constitution, declare emergency powers, uh, ignore uh, voting results, called for snap election in which he won by a landslide. Um, I think actually for real, because people were scared. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they, they, at that point, I don't think they were fudging elections quite yet because people saw what was happening and, you know, they, they, you know, they, they turned BTR machine guns on a crowd and people that were there will never forget it. Yeah. Um, and, and people tend to vote for the guy that's saying, I'm not going to turn machine guns on the crowd sort of stuff, you know? No, Yeltsin did. That's the thing. Uh, Yeltsin oh. did turn machine guns on the crowd. Oh, maybe I yeah. misunderstood. That. Yeah. No, it oh, was, okay. uh, no, it was Yeltsin's troops that turned machine guns <laughs> on the crowd. Uh, but again, uh, these, uh, a lot of these people that were, there was a huge, you know, the, not, I don't want to say nationals, but there's a huge uproar, huge lifting up because God, you know, life is horrible. We're going to, we're going to go back to the old times or some, something's going to change huge, enthusiastic, everything. And then people get, you know, hundreds of people get massacred. And uh, since then, kind of the, you know, the, the dream kind of died. And, uh, but at the same time, people were extremely fed up with uh, regular violent crime. There were gang syndicates, organized crime, just shooting each other in the street in plain daylight and nothing was happening to them. My dad told me at one point that uh, there was a quote unquote, like meet. It wasn't like a fight, but there were two essentially bandit groups they pop out in the middle of the street, stop traffic, or it was like in a parking lot or whatever, but several, several Mercedes pull up uh, out of Mercedes, hop out dudes with RPGs, aim them at each other. And then the two bosses come out and like start talking. And that time, nothing happened. The bosses turned around, walked away, drove away, but dudes were ready to like level city blocks and shit. Yeah. And that was normal. That was normal in the nineties. A lot of fortunes made and lost completely overnight. It was an extraordinarily volatile, volatile time. But to a very, very, very limited extent, there was some actual freedom. Unfortunately, that's also when it came to an end. Um, uh, you know, Yeltsin was starting to uh, experience really, really poor approval ratings, whatever, something he, he may have been worrying for his throne or whatever. So he stepped down voluntarily in uh, 99. This is right when uh, my family and I moved. So we moved in March 
And right now in September, or September, that's when the bombings took place, but Putin took power over the summer or in the early fall in 1999. And I can't prove this, but very soon after he took power in September, there were a series of apartment bombs that went off, claimed to have been detonated by Muslim extremists from Chechnya. Again, many, many people died, and it was used as a justification to go to war against Chechnya. Yeah. Um, and this one, there were, of course, several wars in Chechnya during the 90s as well. So Chechnya tried to declare independence. Um, they're they're kind of like Russia's long-term, I don't want to say Vietnam, I almost want to say they're kind of like the the you know the Native American wars of the 19th century. Again, they were no, 100% I, I, I Russia wasn't. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good comparison. Because it's it's been a good it's been a quagmire for Russia for the last two centuries. And I think only under Putin's time has it been completely co-opted. I, you know, looking at Ukraine, there's Chechnyans fighting on the Russian side. Uh, they're invading, you know, and, and killing people in Ukraine. And that's so bizarre to me as a child in the nineties, because we were taught to fear the Chechnyans. We were taught, you know, they were the boogeyman, they were the bad guys and now they're on. So, you know, things change geopolitically, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. And since then he's just been accumulating power. Of course he has a history of funding uh, extremist groups in uh, East Germany. Mm-hmm. He was a he was an agent there in terms of distributing. Again, this is I, I can't confirm any of this, but the, you know, there's there's stuff he worked with. I think it was Red Orchestra, which was a East German terrorist cell or series of cells in West Germany. Um, again, straight up just terrorists. And uh, uh, Red Orchestra is actually a really good Counter Strike mod. Yeah. It is a good. It's one of those older. Um, it, no, it was. It was. It was a good. It, it was uh, semi real. Yeah. It was one of the more realistic uh, shooters for World War Two. Um, that was a shit post comment. Sorry. <clears throat> um, no, my entire everything is shit posting. So, so you know, you you but, keep uh, you keep saying all these things that uh, that that seem to have. Um, maybe conspiratorial background to them. Like uh, I can't. Prove we're we're it, getting but, there. Um, we're getting there. Okay. I, no, no, no. This, this, a lot of this stuff is is um, generally in Western, in, you know, intelligence historiography. A lot of this stuff is highly suspected. Well, no, no, no. That's that's what I mean yeah. to say is is uh, maybe it's useful to give some background on on who Putin is, uh, which is a former KGB agent. Um, yes, one hundred percent. And he, go ahead. And and you know this this is. Not not to say oh KGB bad as an intelligence agency. All the intelligence agencies do this kind of uh, yes. Uh, craven, uh, tradecraft is tradecraft. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all the same shit. This, if we elected somebody from the CIA to be in charge of America, the same exact shit would happen. Oh wait. They, Oh, <laughs> oh wait! There's we been several presidents. Yeah, we oh, don't have to no. get into all that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, that's the point I'm making. Is is a lot of these uh, things that you're saying? Um, I can't prove it, but you know, it's it's highly bread and suspect. It's, yeah, it's it's bread and butter is, for intelligence services. This is what the intelligence agencies do. They they do false flag operations, like bomb a bunch of apartment buildings and blame it on uh, Muslims. Um, 
you know that's not yep. what happened here but you know we've we've had the 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 muslims the islamophobic scare for for you know how many years now in america where uh you know we're, we're convinced that well, yeah, ISIS, the US... is, isis is like a an actual threat to us over in america when it's like nobody from isis has ever even like had the opportunity say... to ever go to america I'd say but, the U.S. has been as much searching for a uh, identity as Russia in the post-Soviet space. I, I the, think the, the I U.S. Think needed armies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the U.S. definitely needed an enemy to fight, and September 11th provided a wonderful background for that to happen. And uh, it'd be a shame you know, if Bob's a uncle, certain president uh, happened to cause it. I don't know. Just saying. Yeah. Well, in either case, it's <laughs> yeah. I know it's led to a whole bunch of awful shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, getting back to this, um, yes, please. Putin and before him, uh, the leaders in Ukraine have by and large been merely an extension of the power grid of the post-Soviet Russian space. Uh, they were either in charge of their very own little gangster uh, clique within Ukraine, or they started to be in the pocket of you know Russian government stuff. It's uh, it's very difficult in the post-Soviet space to, to separate uh, organized criminals, governments, and intelligence agencies. It's it's very very difficult because they are so deeply intertwined at this point. Yeah. Um, plus, there's cultural angles, of course, uh, in Russia at least, of corruption, and uh, corruption is just like it's like breathing. It's there's entire you know like again we have rituals, we have superstitions, we have. This sort of thing it's it's very very difficult to explain like you know my wife or whoever's like but why well why is it like because that's how it is like it it's hard to explain it's just, it's just the um, way of business that everyone kind of that's like, how it fucking is accepts, yeah like yeah. you know you come in and um you come in and you have surgery well you better sneak the fucking doctor uh a bottle of vodka or like a nice nice baked cake or you know a bottle of like like cognac or something and you know uh, some money on the side like that's when i when i was getting born um this was in 89 still so even in the soviet even in the soviet union this was a thing um the uh obstetrician was like no no, no it, was, it wasn't the obstetrician it was the uh, anesthesiologist uh my dad went around and paid everyone the nurses the doctors and at one point he gets a call from the anesthesiologist and he's like hey you know, when, when she's in there, um, I'm the one who uh, brings your wife back if she uh, if, if there's complications. And my dad's like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. And he went, you know, he bought him, uh, you know, some bottle of vodka and some money. And essentially the dude was straight up blackmailing my dad yeah. into yeah, yeah. like, hey, I'm not going to I'm not going to perform my medical duties. Uh, and this is a person who was paid pretty well. Like, of it's course. just it's 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 almost like a, it's just it's like breathing. Now, in Putin's Russia, a lot of the corruption has been low-level corruption has been cracked down on, but high-level corruption, of course, has not. So it, it gives the appearance of, look, he's cleaning up the streets or whatever, but not really. It's a, lo a lot of it is imagery. Um, again, we're, we're sprinting now. This is a, we have limited time. So um, the presidents of Ukraine and a lot of the governments of Ukraine have been in some way or another connected to Russia. This uh, included the last series of Ukrainian presidents. I think the last one being Yanukovych. Yeah, Viktor Yanukovych. 
Um, he was the president from 2010 until 2014 until he was, I think he was reelected or whatever. And people clearly knew that, Hey, you know what? You, you haven't really been reelected or fuck. I don't, I don't really remember exactly what it was, well, but well, um, I know that the somewhere between, um, what was it? Yanukovych? Is that, that was his name? Yeah. Somewhere between then, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, there was, a. Uh, Yatsen, right? Uh, I think was 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 his uh, uh, the guy that came after him. Is that, is that correct? Uh, the, he was one of the guys that was like because um, I know at some more, point I mean, basically like a more Western aligned Ukraine. There was yeah, yeah. So essentially, people spontaneously, or if you believe, you know, Russian propaganda spurred on by the CIA because everything's a psyop. Everything's a psyop. Um, the Euro Maidan event took place in February 2014. Yeah. Um, so you had people again. This is where historiography really splits between the two it, explanations. Right, and and basically, you know, to maybe put a spin on it, um, there, there's kind of a soft coup that happens here. Um, I think, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Depending because, on who you ask. Yes. Depending on uh, who you, you ask. Know, but, is. But, yeah. but it seems like that that does explain quite a lot of things is of course Yanukovych is kind of forced out and replaced by somebody who is uh, uh ostensibly like western. western aligned yeah sure um yeah if you ask russia there was 100 percent a coup d'etat uh Yanukovych is still the legitimate president of the ukrainian state <laughs> Um, if you ask people aligned with, you know, the mod the modern government of Ukraine, let's say that Yanukovych was the illegitimate president and everything that came after them was the legitimate government. Uh, regardless, there are clashes with police. There are, you know, some armed uprisings. There's very violent street fighting in Kiev. Mm-hmm. Um, and Didn't they attack some, uh, parliament, some parliamentarians during that time, too. Oh, uh, a whole bunch like, of shit happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I remember seeing, like, didn't somebody throw a politician in a dumpster? <laughs> <laughs> I can't confirm that, obviously. But, That's uh, kind of funny, though. Perhaps. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should do that with During more politicians, time. if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Go ahead. Jimmy, right. Sorry. No, you're good, dude. Um, essentially, now you kind of get the split between uh, left bank and right bank. Yeah, uh, and it largely leads. You're going to see an explanation of religion. You're going to see an explanation of um, ethnicity. You're going to see an explanation of historicity. But really, it's economics. You know, again, this is still the early aughts. Ukraine is still relatively poor because it's not really joined the European Community. People that live on the left bank Ukraine, they travel to Russia for work. They want to be closer to Russia because they want. Uh, access to Russian goods. They want access to be able to cross the border, et cetera, et cetera. And again, this is not everyone. This is just the people that want this. And people in the West, they want to be able to go to the West. They want to be able to do business with the West. It's uh, religion absolutely plays a part because you have a split. You know, Ukrainians have had a, um, a little bit of a different Orthodox faith uh, from the Russian Orthodox faith. There's also the... This is a whole article that I read just very recently, but it, it kind of uh, it explains some religious differences too. We can touch upon that, but there's so there's so much bullshit mixed into this. 
but essentially, again, some people say that it was a spontaneous uprising. Some people have pretty good proof that there were Russian-backed actors that in these areas, Donetsk, Lugansk, um, and also other places too, where they were frankly just suppressed. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people in Odessa, there were people in the Kharkiv, which has something like a 90% Russian-speaking population. Or so again, please don't quote me. I, I, I am actually quite drunk and um, <laughs> don't remember stuff. But you know, nowadays Putin recently was saying that Kharkiv was like 100% Russian town or something like because there's. I think, again, there's ethnic Russians that live in Ukraine. There's ethnic Ukrainians that live in Russia. It's this kind of thing, especially in the Soviet Union. In the Soviet Union, people can move. Mm-hmm. There was there was absolute freedom of movement. The, the problem was getting a place to live. So you had to get permission, a place to live. But travel, no problem. You can go wherever you want. Vacations were awesome. Um, but uh, again, lots of different ethnicities li- living in a lot of different people. But 2014, you start to have these arms kind of fucking things happening, especially centered on these easternmost provinces. Yeah. Um, and eventually, yeah, they capture government buildings, form national militias. And again, depending on who you ask, but I'm going to go a little bit more with Western historiography here because it's, I think it's pretty well documented that they're Russian-backed state actors, uh, Russian soldiers that go in, and Russian-trained soldiers, you know, they use their own personnel, but there's also, quote-unquote, volunteers come in and they essentially start a separatist uh two separate separatist states but again pretty well acknowledged that most of these states are russia backed russia supported russia funded etc etc there is a marked level of human rights abuses from within these places um as soon as these things happen you immediately start seeing crackdowns on uh lgbtq on you know people deemed other that, that, that sort of stuff you know yeah. there are some ethnic issues that start happening but make no mistake there is when, we're, when we were going to get into the whole like i'm going to explore the fact that there are some legitimate gripes from russia i'm going to i'm going I'm, I'm to put my foot down and say not enough to declare war over for sure uh, yeah i mean, but, I mean the, uh, there's the basic, legitimate gripes. Uh, the basic thing that we could say about this is yeah. um Russia is using very dubious uh, uh, justifications for what they're doing right now. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. But, but there are justifications for them to have some complaints, um, sure. but not justifications for them to start an invasion. Yeah. There's, I, I, I've always talked about how, you know, Putin is an intelligent leader, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he, he as opposed to a lot of the presidents we've had. But, you know, power gets to you. Uh, I think there've been studies about well, you've been I, in power long enough. You start to think differently. You actually get dumber. You start to believe the shit that you're selling, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I, and um, I think maybe that um, I, I don't know how much you know about like current day Russian politics, but I think in some respects uh, this is kind of a forced move. Uh, not not because of Ukraine, what exactly, but because of the Russian politics and and a lot of. Uh, Russia has a parliament, correct? Um, in theory. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I had the 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 fake term right. Sure. Um, yeah. The Duma, America the, the, the also Duma, has a democracy yeah. to to put this in perspective. But, yeah, they, America also has a fake parliament. Correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So so Russian parliament, from my understanding, wanted uh, Putin to recognize Donetsk and Lugansk as that's, uh, that's a kind of. Uh, that's a, a serving up a platter to the uh, the emperor kind of thing. Uh, that's not exactly spearheaded by 
yeah every but, once but in a while they do they do stuff to get the uh, the big man's attention or whatever this is very clearly choreographed kind of thing yeah but what i'm going to describe is 2014 the whole engagement of Donetsk, Lugansk. This comes on the heels of a 2020 war with Georgia, in which Russia takes away some territory from Georgia. Uh, it comes on the heels of the Chechnyan wars, that sort of stuff, just just nabbing, nabbing territories. Um, this is where I don't understand. Putin had the opportunity to go in then, and possibly, I, I want to say possibly conquer Ukraine. He doesn't do it. He had the opportunity to go in and capture a lot of territory that he wanted. He doesn't do it. He had the opportunity to acknowledge the independence, quote unquote, of these places. He doesn't do it. And now it's 2022 and he suddenly wants to do it. You know, and he's willing to go to war. And this, then he had a chance. Yeah. Now, through his actions, through the actions of the Russian government, he has essentially created everything that he fears. Um, because... Right. Look at the list of their concerns. No expansions of NATO. Um, neutrality of Ukraine. Recognition of Crimea. Oh, right. The whole, you know, they in 2014, the first thing they did was snatch up Crimea, <laughs> meaning they did a referendum there. And while I am doubtless that there was a significant portion of the people, because a significant portion of the people of Crimea are, in fact, ethnic Russians, wanted to join Russia. Right. I am on. I am completely sure that there was a huge chunk of people. Of course, they fucking fudge the numbers. Of course, they report the results before they're doing so. Naturally, yeah. there's all these questions. They force a referendum through. They hammer it in. They put troops in. They they completely occupy it. They try to do the same thing with Donetsk and Luhansk. But at this point, people are kind of onto it. It's a, it's hammered through even faster. There's a, there's even more concerns. There's even more issues. There's essentially armed thugs breaking into government buildings and saying hey we're gonna we're gonna do this referendum right now it's again for a former kgb operative yeah this is sloppy sloppy you know what i'm saying compared to the alleged 1999 bombings to how smoothly he came to power to this is sloppy he's getting He's getting slumped, that sort of thing. And he's had the last eight years to kind of think about it. And then, again, looking at the invasion, it's it's a shit show. It is a shit show. Yeah, and that, that was uh, um, be- before uh, you had reached out to me saying that you wanted to talk about this. One of the yeah. things I was going to talk about was the, the, the military strategy going on here, which is um, not good. <laughs> well, We'll get to that very soon. Again, I'm trying to sprint through yeah, this yeah. stuff. I just yeah, keep 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 cracking at me because I am getting through it. Um, so again, there's a war that starts. There was a full-on war. Uh, the uh, these these quote unquote again. I, I'm tired of saying quote unquote. So I'm just going to say the republics, and y'all are just going to follow along with me that they're not acknowledged and they are Russia back. Okay. Yeah. So these republics uh, take the offensive. They're pushed back very, very far. They barely hold on to the towns on which they're based again. So these republics are based around and claim legitimacy over their respective provinces or the oblast in, in Russian, you know, Ukrainian parlance. They claim uh, dominion over their entire um, 
now you can kind of zoom in onto those two. But uh, they claim dominion of their entire province, but they do not hold the entire province. Not even not even close. No, they only hold like the, um, the southeastern corners. Of yeah. Them, so again, the, before the war started, and it is not a limited military action or a special military action, it is 100% a war. They were holding on essentially to their capital towns and small chunks of land because the Ukrainian military, even in 2014, was well supplied enough, well trained enough, et cetera, et cetera, to strike back against Russia's military power. Um, and since then, you've had a cold, hot war going on. When, when uh, Putin goes on TV and says that there's a genocide of the people of the Don, Don, oh, Donbass, by the way, means the Don uh, Basin. So the River Don runs through it, and the River Basin of it is called yeah, the Donbass. That, uh, that kind of, um, John, if you can zoom out, that kind of covers both uh, Donetsk, Luhansk, and um, maybe a little bit uh, yeah. like towards Kharkiv. Yeah, yeah. a lot of these are old old uh, Cossack lands. We had an entire Cossack host on the Don River right. uh, I, where we, we were going to do a Cossack episode at one point, but so much has changed. Um, but uh, yeah, so again, you have these uh, areas of pride uh, for Russia, you know, for Imperial Russia. And all of a sudden, all this stuff is in Ukraine. How? You know, some of the most storied regiments and military units and battles and heroic deeds and all that shit happened here. How could it go away from us? You know, like there's a lot of that sort of yeah. dick waving, sword waving shit. And right. going back, I know, to America, especially in the wake of the Vietnam War, um, that sort of glory and military prowess and that sort of stuff has really taken a backseat. Uh, but in Russian military, in Russian just civilian thinking and Russian cultural thinking, the old glories of Russia are still very, very much at the fore in cultural kind of accreditation, cultural thinking. Still, uh, you know, we have a lot of holidays centering around military glory. Uh, a lot of the just civilian speech pattern uh, functions. A lot would recognize it as kind of military speak. You know, we have mission accomplishment and, you know, the mission is proceeding. When people talk about the most casual stuff, it's it's, it's almost like a different way of speaking. Yeah. Um, Very martialized sort of language. Yeah, it, it, Russia was in the 19th century, the second most militarized society after Prussia. And Prussia based its uniform off of the Russian uniform. That's how going back to, hey, Dorian, Hey, Dorian, you listening? Going back to Peter the Great, uh, <laughs> this was kind of a thing. The civil service wore a military uniform. All the doctors wore military uniform. This is in the empire. You know, all the little departments and ministries had military uniforms that they wore. Russia was a nation of in, in uniform. You see pictures of the, uh, the February Revolution, the Russian Revolution. Half the people out and about are wearing uniforms. It's, it's, it's kind of... At this point, hard coded into the Russian consciousness, and of course, since the Soviet Union, you know, a lot of stuff has changed, but a lot of it has stayed the same, especially since and World War II. This kind of military, specifically Russian nationalism, was introduced back in in order to kind of rally people around something. Because clearly, hey, we're doing this for the Soviet state wasn't working or wasn't working enough. There was there was you know a bunch of strategies, so you know they brought back the old. Russian imperial shoulder boards and that sort of stuff. I, as a kid, grew up loving 
the study of uniform. We have uniformology. Like there's, that's a legitimate <laughs> branch of science of study. It's <laughs> like, it's, a, you know, it's, it's completely like, like, it's funny to Americans, of course. And it's kind of weird to me looking, you know, while I'm wearing my American hat, it's just, it's as simple as breathing in Russia. It's just, so again, just kind of some of that mindset when people speak about, oh, this is worn out, the mindset completely changes. People mm-hmm. know what war is. People have had every single family. Again, there's so many songs, there's so many pieces of music about everyone's had somebody lose somebody in World War II. And this absolutely bastardized, tortured comparison of this war and this necessity as being that of compared to world war ii and of course you'll see this on the ukrainian side too and this is this is deeper than calling the, the you know your opponent a nazi it goes much deeper into that um because going back to 2014 there were in fact uh, you know I, I saw on the uh on the discord you mentioning the uh, the uh, azov battalion yeah, those yeah. guys are legitimate neo-nazis yeah. uh in 2014 they were folded they, they were formed and then they were again folded into the ukrainian army no questions asked i don't know if people have since then been kicked out whatever they I were folded think into so. the ukrainian army <laughs> there and, are 100 percent nazis in the ukrainian army yeah. but there's also 100 percent nazis in the russian army of course and both of that is so fucking bizarre to me of uh, again everyone's granddads and great-granddads fought the Nazis. And this whole, the prevalence of neo-Nazis in the post-Soviet space is so, so bizarre to me. It is painful, and yet it exists. You know, you have every action breeds reaction. The collapse of the Soviet Union bred the creation of new communists, new Nazis, new everything. Well, yeah, so, I mean, we, we touched on it earlier, but, you know, yeah. the, the, the fall of, of the USSR, Reads all yeah. these different things, and one one of them is yeah. this great sense of national shame that, yep. uh, kind of necessitates or, or necessitates isn't the the right word. It it sure because that means that there's no options. Yeah, there there are plenty of other yeah. options, but um, yeah. what tends to happen? But when, when, but when is, Putin goes up there and says we had no choice, you kind of have yeah. to step back and 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 understand. I not not absolutely approve it, and he is wrong. And his, his logic is even flawed, but you can kind of see where he's coming from. He, he's that, because what, to anyone, a populist sort of notion. Exactly. Of it's not he's insane and he's just – because there is a sizable population that supports this. Mm-hmm. So it's not one person – again, it's whenever people talk about Hitler. Oh, how could this crazy person appeal to someone? You, you start to kind of dig into people's – insecurities you dig into their thing and you make them feel good yeah now he doesn't do it with speeches although he is a good speaker he's an effective speaker um he's extremely obviously he's not a, he's not a passionate speaker but he's a very very effective speaker oh, he's a very, dry, uh, and he's very he's a, sort of uh yeah he's a very maybe, maybe um, intellectual is, is a term you could use well he doesn't say intellectual things but uh, i can kind of see where you, he says no, big words but he doesn't yeah, say an intellectual that, that's thing that's what i mean like, that, that's yeah. why i said like maybe intellectual yeah um it's um yes yes the way ballet is taught in russia is very militaristic and um yeah uh also yeah look back at the uh the olympics that just happened and how the coaches treated their uh their 15 year old girls right after they did stuff um immediately 
like you fucked up this, you fucked up that, you fucked up this. Uh, yeah, that's a very Russian way to teach. I uh, I played the piano as a kid, and I had a teacher that would. And you still have uh, broken beat, fingers from it. They would. She would beat my fingers with a ruler. Yeah. I was five years old, and I would play my chords, and she would be like, "Whack! Nope! Whack! Nope!" Um, and I remember her because she had a mustache. Her name was. Allah Nikolaevna, I think like it's it, this is this is a core memory. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I remember, I'll remember. I'm, I'm uh, sorry I laughed, but but you said she had a mustache. And she did. She 100 had a mustache. I recognize your trauma. I yeah. hear you. I she 100 had a mustache. Yeah. Um, but um, Burt Reynolds in a dress taught me how to play piano. I've been traumatized. <laughs> yeah, she was a, she was a scary lady, um, but. Uh, you know, there's a reason I quit playing the piano. That and I hated it because it was, you know, my parents were like, "Hey, you're gonna play the piano." And I was Just like, "No, I want to go. For being I want to go. I want to go play with. The, I want to go play with my friends." And they're like, "No, you're gonna play the piano," uh, and that's how I played the piano. But uh, I stopped playing the piano. Now I kind of regret it because I was actually really, really good. That's the whole thing. The Russian school makes you really, really good. It makes you real good, but there's trauma. What's that? What's that drum movie? It's kind of like uh, that. Uh, oh fuck. I know what you're talking Something. about. Something. It's the one. It's the one with the farmer's guy. I love that dude, but he's yeah. awful in that movie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're off I the thought, tracks now. I thought, I, thought, I thought you were talking about a that a a, a drum line or whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> you I'm said drum about, movie. <laughs> yeah. Whiplash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whiplash. It's just God. He's so awful, and yet at the same time, I'm like same. Um, but uh, yeah. Slav kids will be here with me, uh, but uh, where was I? We we I we generally lost, lost my track. Yeah, of we we lost a thread or two in here somewhere. Um, yeah, but uh, again, the war. There's a cold war, hot war. Daniel uh, Lugansk. It's it is a war. Yeah, they shell each other. Um, every once in a while, the Daniel Lugansk side will shell the people on the other side. Again, these are these are literally their countrymen. People yeah, in the next Ukraine has kind of had like a soft civil war going on for a while now. For eight years. Yep. Yeah. And what Putin has done is he's brought to the forefront, oh, the people of the Donbass have suffered so much because the Ukrainian army has been shelling them. That's true. They have. The forces of these republics have been doing the same thing back. Of course. Um, he says that there's been a genocide of the people of the Donbass. He says that there's been 10,000, 11,000 people have died. I believe that. I believe, not the genocide part, I, mean, I believe that there have <laughs> right, been tens yeah. of thousands that have been killed. But there's probably been tens of thousands of people killed on the other side. Yeah. I, I hate to get really, 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 really callous here, but there's a war down there. Um, people are largely fighting people that speak the same language or something very, very similar. Um, go to the same schools, pray to the same God. Etc. It's a civil war, or you know, war, you know, separatist war. That whatever you want to call it, people are killing each other. Then and it have been for eight years. Those gripes are real. People nowadays, especially since the invasion, especially before then, when people were talking about oh, Russia's massing troops at the border, oh, you know, all that sort of stuff. People have one hundred percent in the West minimized the suffering of the people in the Donbas. They yeah, have, of course, one hundred percent. Uh, they've ignored it and those people have suffered but it in no way excuses what Putin has done 
Yeah, I mean, um, it, and it it, what, what it's what done is, is, yeah, yeah, it's it's a dubious uh, sort of justification for for what he's doing. No, it's it's extraordinarily cynical, and in a way, he's also ignored the casualties in the Donbass until it suited him. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so uh, there you go. Uh, after the most obvious, seemingly preparation in the history of military preparations. I mean, shit has been captured, posted online, trumpeted to the world for the last, I want to say four or five months now. Mm-hmm. Like Russia's massing troops on the border. Russia's doing this. Russia's moving however many troops, you know. Uh, I listened to somebody said that Russia's total operational capacity is something like 280,000 men. That's it. After 2012, after the disastrous war in Georgia, the Russian military has been rebuilt. Um, they are now, it used to be a conscript force. Uh, more on that later, actually. Um, but according to Western analysis, again, I haven't been back to Russia in a long, long time because I was liable to be conscripted. Um, according to Western analysis, Russia has essentially rebuilt its force from the ground up. And most of its combat units, two thirds of them, are now contracts. Uh, soldiers just like you and me and John were. Yeah. Um, you know, people sign contracts, they're volunteers. This is a huge departure from Russia's traditional system of conscription for a year or two years um, and all the stuff that follows from that. And of course, conscription is not universal, even though it is because you could bribe your way out of it. You can pay someone to go in your stead and all the wonders, uh, you know, wonderful things of that nature. Um, but uh, he's had time to prepare. He's had time to do this. Obviously, all the intel analysts started screaming. And at the time, I was like, God, why are they so hysterical about this? Nothing's going to happen. Because, you know, I would like to consider myself a sane person, as I'm sure you would, too. And I was like, oh, there's no way. No, I, um, I consider myself no a maniac. Because, but I, but I... because both, <laughs> A, um, going to war with Ukraine is insane because that's, you know, it's a European yes. country. We're, you know, we're in the 21st century. Um, and also, the West has been trumpeting what you've been doing for the last however many months. No. No fucks. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's been remarkably poorly um, opsacked, I guess, or whatever. And at the same time, number two, a lot of these kids are conscripts. We're finding out on the back end. A lot of these kids, uh, again, I can't say this for sure, but they're, you know, through channels of uh, Russian mothers and that sort of stuff. A lot of these kids have been forced to sign contracts against their will. They've been coerced. They actually aren't fully trained. Their conscripts going through in their first year of training, which, again, from an operational perspective, makes no sense to me. Why are you putting green troops against, you know, the whole intent it seems to be was again I hate to bring this back to World War II Um, just like when the Nazis made the Soviet Union I think the expectation was oh we'll kick the door down and they'll surrender right yeah This this is clearly a case of the senior leadership falling victim to its own propaganda they've been saying for eight years now that Ukraine is in the hands of neo Nazis that these fractions or whatever that are very, very real have taken over the entire government, which is not real. Um, that these elements, which again, exist, 
just like the KKK exists in the States. And there are fascist, you know, there, there, are, there are Nazi fractions in, in Russia. Uh, Russia is not a Nazi, you know, they're not a fascist government, just like the KKK doesn't hold power in the States. Uh, this, the same is true of Ukraine. And yet there is, you know, there's neo-Nazis, there's whatever in charge. They can't be reasoned with. You know, they, I tried to reason with them. They keep ignoring the demands of the Donbass to be independent. Again, another weird thing is he actually seems to be wanting to keep these republics as independent. You know, smart money's on. He just absorbs them like he does Crimea. But even yeah. in his most recent um, peace terms, he said uh, that he's actually going to keep them independent. Well, um, I, I think <clears throat> I, I, I think that's that's just. <sighs> This maybe started out as more like economically motivated in, in some ways. Um, so all wars are economically motivated to some right. extent, not exclusively, sure, sure, but sure. all wars are economically. And, yeah. yeah. And, and so that's why I think he's, he's comfortable with recognizing these places as independent, but under the circumstance that they understand that they exist because of, of his government. Um, so that way he maintains some kind of economic control over these regions. Certainly. And, uh, if we want to get into theory here, of course, capitalism is all about creating markets of excess somewhere else. Yeah, you got to have access markets created somewhere where it isn't um, due to the level of poverty and the centralization of wealth in Russia currently. The state of how decrepit most of the country is compared to how glitz and glamour Moscow is. I think uh, two, three, four, five years ago, Moscow was the most expensive place to live in the world. No, full stop. Uh, it just it was the most expensive place to live in in the world. Uh, they have street cleaners that go down the streets twice a day. Yeah. The city is pristine. It looks like a utopia. And then you travel 20 miles outside of town and people barely have running water. So it's uh, Russia is to to some extent a greater example of the disconnect between rich and poor. Because the way I like to say it is Russia is actually more capitalist than America. It's because the controls aren't there. This is, a, this is a progression of what happens in capitalism when you don't put controls on it, is money just keeps accumulating. Um, yeah, because but, you, you uh, have you know, like this whole oligarch class that, yeah. that, from my understanding, kind of exclusively resides in Moscow. Um, Not exclusively, but yeah, they, they've really let a lot of almost things slide. Almost exclusively. Yeah. Um, they, they've got a lot of weird supervillain villas, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. 100%. And, and uh, the people of Crimea, which again, I'm going to say this again for the record, I genuinely believe that there were people in Crimea that wanted to join Russia. Of course. But ever since they joined Russia, they have there, seen nothing. There's people in America suffering. that want to join Canada. So, you know. Right. And ever since they joined Russia, they've seen to. nothing but suffering. Because, yeah, the oligarchs moved in. They built all their fucking mansions on the, on the coast. They've literally fenced in communities. And now these communities cannot access main thoroughfares or stores and cannot go down to the, to the sea to fish, which is, you know, like, hey, I fish every day. This is how I get my food. Can't right. do that. Um, it's that sort of stuff. Like, like really pedestrian shit that in America, you'd think like, oh, uh, well, why don't they just know? This is literally what's happening. There's, you know, FSB or cops or whatever. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. You can't go here anymore. This is, and again, uh, going back to uh, jargon and speech in the Russian language, this is now a military object. Now, a military object could be um, a governor's residence, for example, 
<laughs> or a bridge. I'm sorry, this bridge is a military object. You can't take photographs of it or cross. That's why I always, you know, well, nowadays it's kind of much more darker humor. But uh, yeah, in Russia, you could get arrested for taking photographs of a bridge. It's a military object. All bridges in Russia are military objects. That's cool. Uh, fuck. It's also very, it's also very real. This, this, yeah. that's, no, no, that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a military object. Oh, that's classified. Like that's, uh, you know, that's need to know that sort of stuff. <laughs> you common all see it. every day. Well, I'm talking about just like in more, you know, in common parlance, the whole, um, I think they passed a law in 2015, which is of course, right when they went into Syria. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They intervened in Syria too. killed a bunch yep. of civilians there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Ever since 2015, after the adventure in Syria, uh, Russian forces deployed outside of Russia are now legally covered by secrecy, I think indefinitely. So the government does not have to reveal anything to its people whatsoever about forces deployed overseas or any details with their own. Yeah. Um, and and uh, one, one of the things we talked about, I don't, yeah, it was it was on the episode where we talked about Ukraine before. Uh, we talked we talked about how um russia is actually making a lot of moves in africa right now and that's not really received any uh media attention um <clears throat> but there there are russian uh uh operative groups working in africa kind of deposing uh the the old french uh uh imperialist uh, uh projects there um, and replacing them with Russian imperialist projects, of course. Um, yeah. And and n- nobody seems to want to talk about that, I think, because it would, like, obviously shame a lot of European countries for what they're doing in Africa as well. Um, well and we'd also have to talk more about what France. we're doing in Africa. France, yeah, yeah, baby. What China's doing is, in Africa. Yeah. The big players in Africa are yeah. France and China. Mm-hmm. France has been... Um, you know, I know the whole joke is, oh, you know, France surrenders. France is the most militarily successful uh, world country since uh, the 1450s. They have been in and won more wars than anyone else. I mean, I, I think uh, and that, also, that, that also initial the... surrender to the Nazis has kind of given them so much credibility for, for what they're doing. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody's it's, it's like, really, oh, it's, it's really... France. Nobody, nobody uh, from France has ever they, done anything wrong. Then they glamorously lost in Vietnam, too. So I'm sure yeah. it, was the, it, was the, it was the double landing. Dude, but, you yeah, you the tell people that France was in Vietnam before America, and people are like, what? No, they weren't. That's what? fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a French colony for, like, 200 years yeah. <laughs> no was it america was it german involved, actually <laughs> was it german oh. or dutch vietnam <sighs> well according to uh hearts of iron mod it could be german <laughs> <laughs> we go off of video game logic here there's some there's some good hearts of iron mods out there some no good doubt. uh good uh good good writing uh yeah i mean i love modding because people do it for free and that's how that's how life should be how the video but, game uh, world goes around that's how i uh, fuck ip in general but uh now for i'm sure. going off on a completely different tangent yeah let's uh let's bring it back to the current situation okay um, the, the, the most the most current situation the most current situation um so is... so are, are we ready to talk about how much of a military like misstep this probably is or, or do we sure yeah but at the same time there's plenty of ukrainian missteps along the way Oh, in order not to provoke, 
yeah. in order not to cause provocations. Ukraine delayed general mobilization, which hindsight, very, very bad move. For sure. Um, they delayed deploying their troops in the appropriate locations. And uh, the Ukrainian government committed to holding the these border regions between the Donetsk and Luhansk um, republics. Whereas it may have been a smarter move to pull back and hold on the Dnieper, but I'm sure military analysts will pour over this as they do World War II, because this is a conventional war fought in Europe, and we haven't seen that since 45. Um, there was a time NATO bombed the shit out of uh, Bosnia, but uh, for some reason, the West doesn't really like to talk about it, but Putin does. Putin really does. Like, oh, well, what about the time NATO did this unilateral thing? Um, yeah. And the truth is, or no, I don't, I, I don't want to make a mess with words like truth because fuck that shit um both are obviously awful uh, every you know and the genocide is awful and uh nato bombing people was awful and uh war is just uh can i can i can i make a value judgment statement really quick please war do. is bad war is well, bad wait, wait, i'm just how, gonna how, how do you uh how do you justify I'm, such a bold so, statement I'm so brave. <laughs> now, I'm really brave for making this statement, but yeah. uh, war is a terrible, 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 I've, I've, terrible I've actually thing. heard this opinion from uh, from small children as well. So, well, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, so many missteps again. So many missteps. Uh, yeah, the Russian government um, has led supplies of blood expire. Did not have enough medical facilities pulled up to the front. Now it seems like they're experiencing fuel and food shortages. Um, there's yeah, clearly because... I've been I've been saying that since December they don't have enough just men in general on the border. There's not enough to take and hold the country. Um, now through their tactics, it seems like they're avoiding major population centers and just pushing through to Kiev. Um, the goal again, this is all hypotheses, but uh, there's Western analysts that think that his goal is to create a kind of West Germany, East Germany kind of situation split along left bank, right bank, Ukraine, sure. create a puppet state of left bank, Ukraine, uh, either by directly annexing or just making it like a mega Donetsk and mega Luhansk or just a puppet Ukraine leaving the West. There's hypotheses that he wants to take over all of it, but that would straight up be an occupational authority because people of right bank Ukraine have never connected with, they've never seen themselves as ethnically Russian. Well, and then, and that then would, they have that to would just contend be, with, with all the border states that they're now. That would be, yeah, that would be a permanent insurgency. And at this point, ever since 2014, something that I kind of repeat time and time again, the people that I talk to about this, since 2014, any kind of goodwill that Putin may have generated, because when he when uh, when the annexation of Crimea took place, he had a huge uh, uptick in popularity in Russia. That he's riding this wave of goodwill. Uh, any sort of goodwill since then has been squandered beyond completely. What the yeah. events of 2014 and especially this invasion have done is they've actually forged a national identity for Ukraine. Everything that was his biggest fucking nightmare has actually come to pass. There is a strong united nation state of ukraine almost to a fucking man ready to defend themselves fight back you see this in countless fucking things yeah. you know you have the, the the you have the territorial forces arming themselves you have Ooh. women children everybody fucking arming themselves filming the russian troops communicating they, over the internet every like it, it's it's such a huge fuck up i heard that they're handing out machine guns uh they've handed out to, something uh, sixteen thousand or eighteen thousand small arms yeah, eight, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, 18,000. Uh, at one point, uh, they were checking for Ukrainian passports. At one point, they stopped. They were just handing out automatic weapons to whoever like, showed more, up. More guns, the better. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Now, yeah, that, of that, course, is going to, so, according to... Go ahead. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's what's so baffling about this decision, because... <clears throat> Uh, like you're saying, uh, sorry, I'm I'm like recovering from a cold. Uh, my voice is getting scratchy. How uh, fucking dare you? Trying my best. <laughs> Expose um, us to COVID. He, yeah, th- through the oh, wait, internet. What is that again? Was that a thing? Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, that, that's what's so baffling about this decision is is uh, he, he's really just kind of like galvanizing the rest of the country like like maybe uh left ukraine will be uh more accepting of of russian rule but but uh right right ukraine is is going to fight this tooth and nail and even if they do manage to take the whole area uh they're they're going to be fighting an insurgency war for forever god knows how long what Forever I want to mention is, is that probably what it any be. kind of goodwill that they've had in left bank Ukraine, the traditionally right, uh, you know, traditionally Eastern Russia facing Ukraine, it's gone there too. That's it. Yeah. It's, Russian and Ukrainian relations are gone for the next century. Uh, like this is this is going to yeah. echo through the fucking generations and, that this happened. And it's bizarre They're to gonna, me because because you know, um, I was talking. <clears throat> about this with a friend you know just just kind of like a, the military strategy point of, of things um and, and i i made the mistake of initially saying this, this feels like uh russia's afghanistan i was like wait no they already did afghanistan they already did the afghanistan yeah, this yeah. is afghanistan too for russia what a fucking dumb thing to do like <laughs> with, with the with the modern history of of uh like military occupation and they they're they're clearly invading a space that you know now is uh going to have lots of uh, like i said e- even if they manage to capture this area uh there's going to be pockets and cells of resistance everywhere there's lots of lots of Can you imagine how dirty NATO- it makes this war though it, because yeah. you are in fact you you have people handing out automatic weapons to civilians Granted, they have some gear, but if you have civilians opening fire on mili- uh, on, a, on a fucking conventional military, the conventional military is going to fire back. This is going to create war oh, crimes. Yeah, this no, is going to create it's, awful it's, casualties. It's going to be it's going to be is, fucking awful. There is no good way. There's no good way out of this. And and that's that's yeah. why that's why I kind of related it to Afghanistan because yep. really what America did and and Af- or Russia did when we invaded and they invaded Afghanistan is they created the opposition to themselves because you know you come in well, as, with, did we, as did we when we invaded well that's what i said iraq, the, yeah. the u.s yeah. Yeah. iraq as well uh, plays into this uh but, yeah. but when you invade a country and uh you start killing the people there it's, it's got a wonderful way of galvanizing right. uh, possibly it, it, it opposing makes, political parties yeah, it makes and people you know radicalized you. because yeah. they go hey this this foreign entity is now killing us and then you know more moderate thinking people go yeah well we gotta fucking fight them now and and yeah. it drives the recruitment itself and and there's mm-hmm. no possible way that russia will ever win this actually yeah. they they might hold the territory they could do it by for killing a, a shit ton of people but 
then uh, but still, then you make like, more like it, radicals that that yep. are yeah that are now going to fight uh, and i think they've i think they've already lost i think if they accomplish all of their objectives again i don't know their objectives western intelligence analysts that i follow on twitter don't know their real objectives like people have speculation but say they encircle kiev take the government kill every single member of the government install the republic government it's not going to just work it's not just going to gel it's this is the 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 anti what is it the fucking uh antebellum situation is gone forever and right i don't know if he's quite realized it I don't know if he had, and there was some hesitation on the Russian state television where he's quizzing the, you know, the Security Council of, of Russia, and there's people are hesitant, and almost still unbelieving. Again, the day after Russians woke up, my grandmother woke up. I was able to actually Skype her. You know, Skype still works to Russia, thank God. Uh, but uh, she woke up and she was just crying. Uh, she was like, "I can't, I can't process this." The big thing is, we talk shit about the American government. The American government deserves a lot of shit right the american government has committed war crimes it's committed uh i don't know i don't want to i don't want to use the term genocide because that's like it's thrown around so much there's so much shit behind the american government and you right. know it's it, it's not actually democratic and there's so much fucking shit wrong with it. the american government at least pretends to listen to its constituents eh. at times at least it pretends to sometimes listen yeah, to the will I mean, of the people at, 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 at least you can say that lots of americans wanted to invade people at least acknowledge this <laughs> um well, there was uh, yeah i don't know yeah i lived through it and there was quite a fucking uptick like, no for sure um, yeah i mean american uh is, popular notion was, was afghanistan such a fucking disconnect there's such a ketamine effect between russian government and the russian populace the brain and the body are completely unplugged. The, the government can take things, uh, can make choices unilaterally. Again, you can argue that, yes, in the United States, to a certain extent, that is true with the government as well. All governments can make unilateral actions. But the state of shock that I have personally spoken to the people to, that they're in after this, the new declaration of this war, is profound. People were not consulted. Uh, people were not you know, asked to comment. Anything. There was nothing. It was just... He had this fucking address at, mind you, four thirty a.m., five a.m. in the morning. Right when when oh, yeah, this address. people are awake, and it was and it was pre-recorded. It was recorded two days prior. Yeah, that's the best part. It was oh god, I love it. Wow, the fucking pre-recording. <laughs> it's it's oh god, it's so it makes me ashamed. Like I, if I could if I could get real with y'all for a second, I'm ashamed of being Russian. I'm ashamed of being from Russia. Do I support the Ukrainian state? No, I, I don't support any states. Yeah, um, I, I think we're all we're all lying on the no states uh, yeah. front here yeah. on, on the podcast. <laughs> but I'm certainly on the side of the people who are fighting for their homes. Yeah, because but because this, this really ultimately boils of... down to a bunch of just regular people who want to like yeah. I don't know just fucking wake up and and go to their shitty job and like yes. Or earn it's a living and, really and go that's home I said. And, and beat off whatever. That's Marxist theory. That's Eat Marxist theory. Yeah. That's Marxist theory, my dude. People are primarily economically motivated. Wars are primarily economically motivated. Human development is primarily economically motivated. People are boring. People want to wake up, go to their job, 
make their fucking money. Or again, people, you know, obviously nobody wants to fucking work, but get their resources. People, people, people yeah. want to raise their kids. People want to, yeah. uh, you know, spend time with their families. People want to, uh, you know, love their kids. And that's what, like, yeah, people mean, everywhere want people everywhere. Yeah, people fuck. Do, yeah. yeah, Mike, Mike is, Mike is a sociopath, but like, <laughs> just like that's, that's what people want to do. That's what people want to do in Ukraine. That's what people want to do in Russia. That's what my grandma wants to do. That's what I want to do. That's what John wants to do. That's what, you know, the people listening to this want to do. People around the world have always wanted to do just that. And as long as you don't bother them, they're kind of okay passively with what's going on in the world. But as soon as shit starts to affect you, it's this profound jarring effect. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you look at the numbers of the people arrested protesting the war in Russia. The mm-hmm. latest number I saw was this was this morning. So I don't know how many more have been today. I'll have to aggregate the data tomorrow myself because, yes, I spend time watching Russian state TV. Yes, it lies. Uh, but I also listen to Russian opposition TV. And then I go on Twitter and I look at this media like I for the last three days. So I've just been you living go this on shit. Twitter and you listen to the most brain damage. I do. Blue check, uh, <laughs> I do. I do. That, that I, you can possibly find. Yeah. There's one thing I want to mention though, is there's a lot of people celebrating the death of Russian soldiers. And I, I would like to reiterate this to anyone that would like to listen. Most of these soldiers are kids. Yeah. Um, look at, you know, uh, some captured or dead. There's, there's documents out there floating most around. Most of them are kids. Blown, and then you also have to uh, take, you know, you, yeah, you also, they're, they're against their will. They the, were forced into signing contracts. Will, and, and then yeah. e- even if, even if it was like a voluntary force, you, you have to take yeah. into account that propaganda has yeah. ruled these, a lot of them didn't these even know people's lives for their entire fucking watching, childhood. You yeah. know, whatever. Watching um, some of these, uh, well, again, someone who was born in 2002 as some of the documents from a yeah, um, dead tanker show. Uh, that's after Putin was in power. They've, they've lived their entire lives. Just, just a Putin's real Russia. quick statement I'd like to make. Uh, soldiers no. are victims of war just as much as civilians are. Yeah. Um, I understand why people want a Russian soldier should die. I understand it. I, I get it. They, you know, people were invaded. I, I'm, I don't support it. Though. Obviously I can't. Yeah. I mean, these are kids it's, it's, who are being manipulated by people that are like three times their fucking yeah. age and yeah. have told them you know, that you can, you, know, you can make yeah. the argument that I'm doing it because they're my countrymen or whatever. Right. I'm sure that plays a part. I'm sure it plays a part. These people speak the same language. They have moms and dads and that sort of stuff. And yeah, they're being ordered to kill and they're being killed. And, same thing for Ukraine. The Ukrainian families, civilians are being shelled and murdered and kindergartens are being bombed and it's inexcusable. And um, I would like to see the members of the Russian general staff um, stand trial for it and the Russian president and members of the Russian parliament and the security council and all that shit stand trial for it. That's point. I want to see um, them thrown into a dumpster. Yeah, as a pre- as a preliminary yeah. to to other things yeah. that are they're worse. <laughs> yeah. But uh, to start off with, to start off with, we can. Start. That, that's that, that's what we should start doing uh, with uh, like war crime trials. They should just have to like sit in a dumpster yeah. in the in the the court hearing the entire time. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, another thing, real quick. Um, Red Red Caledon, uh noted in the comments. I was uh, just going to address that. Yeah, they're probably just poor kids, which is the same thing as America. Uh, most people who join the military in America, you know, you can say, oh, it's a voluntary force. Well, is it really voluntary when you remove all other economic means to, you know, progress upwards from a kid 
and you say, hey, the only way you can get free college is by joining the military. Is that really a choice at that point? Or is that you trying to make some kind of economic decision? Uh, Hopefully you don't die in war and you get free college uh, and you can- How many celeb kids do you see during the military? Yeah. Yeah. Besides besides Matt Tillman, who was killed by Friendly Fire, who else do you, do you see that's famous? Yeah, or killed by Friendly Fire after saying, hey, maybe this war is bullshit, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even then, like, again, now it was like, well, I actually, you know, this so-and-so politician's son, well, that's because that's, you know, you're grooming them. It's like ancient Rome. Right. Uh, yeah. Ancient Rome, in order to make a political career, you had to serve in the military. Yeah, but notably, how many uh, out of Joe the legitimately Biden's, non- uh, Joe Biden's military son died from brain cancer, not warfare. Um, yeah. yeah well it's like a like a country club like uh you know uh uh support group for um billionaire mothers who've lost fucking sons probably have to book a single venue in the whole country so that all three of them can get together but like where i grew up like i i'm a i'm a i'm a military brat and i grew up on a military base my whole life like the the mothers of of uh husbands and sons or and you know obviously daughters to die uh, uh, but basically family members uh who've died you know like when like like one of those meetings happen you know there's at least like 50 people in the room you know 50 people who show who showed up yeah. and the countless more that didn't want to rehash that trauma you know yeah. Yeah. like rich people it's it it's kind of nonsense like like listening to a rich person talk about like i guess like their like uh neighborhoods like sacrifice for uh, a war or whatever yeah again yeah uh, you know we, we gotta be careful to generalize again there's people that yeah no, not generalize. No, I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm, ta- Genera- I'm talking about generalizing the, uh, the, the only generalization the, uh, i agree yeah. to was kill the rich but go on yes I yeah. yeah yeah but um yeah, again, you know, there's soldiers that join up for that. You know, we all had the idealist in boot camp. Uh, we all had the uh, the person that joined up to like for real, for real, do their duty or whatever. Yeah. Um, and see how quickly that gets beaten out of them. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, like most uh, of the kids are just most of the kids joining up are. Uh, well, in Russia, it's it's worse. It's your conscripted. You might be completely against it, and right. you're just like, yep, yeah, it's time. Well, I mean, and, and I'm guessing they're not going to technically get anything out of it. Uh, they get to you know not be in jail, but uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, so, non freedom is my reward. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now there's a there's an article. Uh, saying that, and I've, I've seen this kind of coming from a variety of places that a lot of these kids are not only conscripts, not only in their first year of enlistment, but um, were essentially strong armed into signing these contracts to make it appear that they are contract soldiers. Yeah. So their paperwork's good, right? They're, they're volunteers, but they were essentially forced to do it. Well, that, that, that's um, what I was alluding to with the, with the whole free college thing. Like the, the yeah. only like uh, e- economic mobility people have in America is having a college degree. And even that's <clears throat> falling away now. Uh, so, so can it really be said that it's a choice for somebody to join the military when, which uh, again is, is scary. Like the Roman empire or I'm sorry, the Roman Republic. Yeah. No, Social mobility is provided only through military service. Now, granted, right. yes, it's in a different way, but it's scary how it's yeah. like that. And I, I, I think mean, I have, have already talked about how like America and the Roman Empire are really similar 
but not like in the in the grandiose way, but like in the well, scary way. I, well, I, but, I uh, think dude. I think that's that's probably a whole different conversation that we could get into. And <laughs> that's, I would, a, that's a that's a whole I would, series. I would, I would love to get into that conversation, but that that's uh, that's moving way too far away from the yeah. subject yeah. at this point. I think. Yeah. yeah. Here, all right. So as of this evening, here's here's what's happened so far. Um, essentially, Russian forces have surrounded the country on just about every side they could Mm -hmm. including if you look at moldova there's a kind of shitty weird breakaway state of transnistria which is russia aligned even though it's like across ukraine uh so there's a russian kind of space pro-russian space there but um before the declaration of war or whatever special military action ever happened on february 24th which is the day after uh formerly known as red army day i have traditionally always uh, sent my best friend who's from ukraine um congratulations on that we kind of do it to each other it's cheeky you know happy red army day happy Defe- defender of the motherland i think that's what they named it now because can't call it red army day there's no red army but it's a holiday in russia they people were celebrating their shits of the fireworks being fired off and the night after they went in around four 4.30 a.m. Moscow time, uh, they went in. Um, that's from the northward axis, out of uh, Belarus. Going down, that's where you've seen uh, fighting around Chernobyl happening, because Chernobyl is very, very close to the northern edge of where Kiev is. Mm-hmm. Um, they went in from Belgorod, Bil- which is right north of Kharkiv. Again, people from Belgorod and people from Kharkiv before 2014 used to go to each other's supermarkets all the time. No problem. People spoke the same language. Um, now, you know, it's this, the Russian troops rolled in through there. Russian troops rolled in from the south, from Crimea, through uh, Armansk, and northward towards uh, Kakhovka and Kherson. So you see Kherson, that's the that's main target. At the same time, you had naval strikes against Odessa. Mm-hmm. Um, you had airborne forces dropped on the uh, airport at Kiev. Uh, which has since then been completely destroyed because they sent in unsupported airborne troops, or rather they had hoped to support them, but they were not able to clear the space. Since then, uh, after two days of fighting, um, on the Donetsk-Lugansk front, which is where the forces of the republics, quote-unquote, have been fighting, not much progress has been made because that's where the primary forces of the Ukrainian armed forces are concentrated. Um, The downwards fighting from north to south from through Chernobyl from uh, Belarus towards Kiev has been the most successful so far because like the Ardennes offensive in 1940 into France, going through the Chernobyl exclusion zone, it's kind of a wacky trick and a wacky yeah. move that they did. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, in the end, kind of, that was one of their smoother moves. The fighting over Chernobyl took place very shortly and it was captured very shortly. Well, that, that's, so, a, that's another note about like, the the military like strategy point of this which which is um what i understand and and i i follow a couple of uh not dumb ass youtubers who who uh, kind of oh god is that us are we dumb <laughs> we, yeah, we are dumb ass we are de- definitely dumb ass um, okay gotcha well but, i am i'm definitely a dumb ass but uh you know they're they're dropping a lot of air troops in on on places like Kiev, uh, because mm. uh, a lot of a lot of this region right now is just like muddy shit swamp terrain. 
Um, yeah, it's vertical envelopment. The, the whole goal, again, this is speculation, but the goal is to decapitate the government. The government is still in Kiev because they didn't flee. Did all the billionaires and oligarchs flee? Of course. Is the government of Ukraine corrupt? Of course it is. Yeah. They have their they have their oligarchs. They all fled. But again, remarkably, but, but a lot of why, the key that's players why these, in Kiev these groups aren't getting a lot of support not. is because they can't like actually move a lot of ground force in. Yeah. They can only airdrop and bomb things. Um, sure. Well, it's still snow. I mean, it's still snowing. It's like uh, it was snowing today. I think it was uh, very clear. Yes, yesterday was perfectly clear skies. Right. Yeah. Uh, but... So they 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 and really they didn't drop airborne troops. They flew them in by helicopter. And of course, um, jumping out of a helicopter. Well, not jumping out, but they landed the helicopter. But again, securing an airfield. That's the most open kind of fucking terrain you can have. Yeah. All the airborne troops there got fucking shit on. Right. All you had to do um, was have a couple of machine guns ready to go. Um, which, I mean, it was obviously a little more complex than that. They needed no, to I be know, dislodged but... via, you know, they had, they, they dropped, uh, you know, BMDs and um, anti-air and man pads and all that sort of shit. So it took a while. <laughs> it needed, uh, they needed like Su-25s to go and drop bombs on them and shit. But essentially all the uh, VDV troops have scattered to the forest at this point. Um all the ones that were dropped. And since then, anybody that's been trying to be dropped off, they shot down to uh, VDV transport planes. I think mm-hmm. those are proper airborne trips. Every one of those planes carries at least 100 paratroopers. So you can consider several companies worth of paratroopers dead on arrival. Yeah. The, the, Again, yeah, dead is... Russians, right? Yay, dead Russians. No, no I mean, um, uh, but, uh, I, I feel bad for them. But but also, yeah. you know, just like I said, just, just speaking on pure military strategy terms, this is so yeah. fucking insane you, you, this, you do this it you do dumb. it if it's on a post but it was yeah again yeah. a lot of helicopters got brought down by man pads a lot of tanks got brought down by uh javelins and unlaws um again russian strategy has since the soviet times been reliant upon armored thrusts and spetsnaz uh diversions i do see some spetsnaz work you got strobe lights in kiev you got some infrared shit going on in different places you have these uh diversion group but these diversion groups are army based what i'm seeing is a concrete lack of um special forces being competent because again vdv is not quite spetsnaz um so again they're, they're boys even the, like there, there's some interrogations of even the captains didn't know what the fuck they were doing there's yeah, some, no, there's no, some that, captured that's... even officers that are like hey i don't know what my objectives were and that's real bad that's yeah, real that's, bad that's something that i that i was gonna ask you about and whether or not you knew this was legitimate but i've i've seen that there's there's been some um and and i don't know if this is just like wild internet conspiracy shit that i that i'm that i've been looking at or or if it's legitimate but um it seems like some russian units didn't even know what their like actual uh like like some some of them have have kind of like surrendered uh because they didn't know that they were actually going to attack Ukrainians and they didn't want to. Um, and I don't know yeah, how um, like pervasive this a is. A lot of these, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question, obviously, but from yeah. the interrogation videos that I have translated for some of the discords I'm on and that sort of stuff, just for, you know, um, first of all, Goddamn! I'm translating interrogation videos of no, Russian no, no, soldiers. That, that's why I wanted to ask no, you about alone, this kind of stuff is because alone, I know that you speak the language and, that alone, and you know I, I can I dream. can see somebody somebody say on on uh, the internet. Oh, that this alone, is what this guy is fucking, saying, but but I trust your interpretation yeah. of what they're actually saying. That alone is kind of soul crushing. It's just to watch these boys. Um, but again, yes, they are they're aggressors. 
Mm-hmm. I understand the hatred coming there. I, I understand it. it doesn't make it any better um, for me personally. Again, you know, people are entitled to, Ukrainians are entitled to be very, very, very angry and they have been, and they have, you know, united and all that stuff. But yes, uh, according to the interrogation, I'm inclined to believe these kids. Obviously they're, they're extremely scared. They're, uh, they're very fucking frightened. A lot of them thought they were just undergoing training because what has Russia been trumpeting? This is just an exercise. <laughs> Everything's just yeah. an exercise. Well, guess what? Some of their troops, I, again, going through people's facial expressions, people's body movements, the way they're speaking, they're scared shitless. And um, yeah, it looks like some of these guys didn't know that they were a in Ukraine for something like four hours. They didn't know that it wasn't an exercise until they were in the air. Uh, they don't know where they were going. Some guys don't remember or never fucking completely got down what their objectives are. Um, the like they 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 captured a senior NCO who was a contract soldier, like for real. And he was like, yeah, I don't remember what my objectives are. Um, like, just like, it's so clearly the operationally, there's some fucking issues going on. And again, you can question me. That's totally fine. But for a lot of these interrogations, I believe what they're saying. These people are in true. mortal danger. Yeah. They're being interrogated. They're being filmed, et cetera, et cetera. They don't know if they're going to be put up against a wall. And I don't know. Maybe they have been. I, I don't, I can't answer that question. Yeah, maybe they've been shot. I have no idea. Uh, and I, a lot of these people don't know why they're fighting. There hasn't been the proper amount of, you know, the Soviet in the Soviet Union. They would say, you know, political work hasn't been done. Yeah. They don't know why they're inviting, uh, why they're invading. They don't know what their objectives are. They don't know why they're, you know, they're being questioned by civilians in the streets, and they don't know what to say. You know, there's some people. I'm sure there's some that are spouting the same shit Putin is, but it's not. A majority it's not everyone obviously some, some people are having doubts people are having issues that's an important thing you know the the, the entirety of world war one well, was built around the thoughts that <laughs> willpower is a strong thing and yes the will is, is very strong but there's also technology <clears throat> but from a motivational perspective ukraine has the upper hand and a half and a half and a half you know yeah they and, have and a going, very clear objective go, going back to you know the relating this to afghanistan um at least when uh, the U.S. invaded Afghanistan, there was this kind of like obviously false but understood uh, uh, condition that <clears throat> you know uh, a group from Weapons Afghanistan. Yeah. Well, no. What was it for Afghanistan? For for Afghanistan, it was uh, Al Qaeda, and Al Qaeda destroyed right, right. The, yeah. the, the the twin towers and the Pentagon and mm-hmm. all that. Well, um, the Taliban, uh, the Taliban harbored Al Qaeda. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So. So ahead. so Sorry. so at least there was some kind of connection there that could like motivate the troops to say, "Oh yeah, we got to go get these guys." But with Ukraine, there's there's been no aggression against Russia necessarily. Um, y- you know, U- Ukrainian terrorists didn't bomb a place in Russia, as far as I know. So there's there's no like motivation there of like uh, maintaining some kind of national integrity on the Russian side. Um, yeah. That's why you see these instances again. I wouldn't say they're systemic, but there's there the Russians are in fact surrendering. Mm-hmm. There's also surrendering Ukrainian part. Yeah. Uh, there, well, there were Ukrainians surrendering on day one. I hadn't seen a lot of videos of Ukrainians surrendering on day two. 
Um, just like I haven't really seen a lot of Russians surrendering on day two, but again, those videos might be being withheld. I can't, again, it's day three now because the sun has risen there again, but yeah, you know, there's going to be so much analysis coming out in the coming days, weeks, months, years, decades. Um, there's something going on. There's uh, just like people are saying something's off about Putin. Again, he's usually extraordinarily rational in his, in his behavior. Right. This whole thing has not been. No, it's, so it's, it's maybe maybe Donald Trump does have oh, some Jesus type of like <laughs> contagious like brain like brain worms. <laughs> yeah. And since they both <laughs> fucked each other, <laughs> the brain yeah. worms spread. Yeah. Well, have you noticed how Putin like physically looks different now? Like I noticed, like in his like he's like getting since a little last bit year chubby. or something, he's getting chubby. Yeah, I, he looks morphologically different. Like yeah. again, I'm I'm, I'm going to go on a conspiratorial limb here, but he's, he's uh, is that the real, is that the real lizard Putin? person? And and a yeah. lizard person is wearing a skin. There you go. Yeah, but uh, um, fuck, I don't know, man. Real real quick, uh, Red Kaladin, the link you just dropped. Um, could could you describe it a little bit? Because I, I clicked on it and I see a dead person in the comments and I can't put that on YouTube, unfortunately. So uh but other than that, um I think we totally covered everything that could possibly be said about Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. Yeah, we just summarized like thousands of years of history. uh, It's the dawn of a new day, and there's already been shit that's been happening. Like, I'm looking, I'm scrolling through Twitter, and the situation has already changed. So, like, again, anything I say about what's happening right now and what has been going on uh, is largely pointless. A couple key points to hit on is it was said the Russian Ministry of Defense and Putin said that these are going to be pinpoint strikes. That's not the case. They're bombing Uh, civilians. They're killing yeah. civilians. At one point, Russian soldiers started indiscriminately shooting at cars. This is obviously the world that we live in. You can document this shit as it happens. And I have watched a lot. I have also watched a lot of Russian soldiers being killed um, in the last couple of days. And <clears throat> I've been reliving some stuff. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Don't die. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, did I miss out on a bunch of shit? There's a really, I, I didn't cover the whole religious angle. I don't know if we want to go back to that at some point. I am starting to lose my voice, but um, there's more to it. Obviously there's more to it. They're going to dig into this a century from now and ask, you know, if we don't all fucking nuke each other, but they're digging, they're going to dig into this and say, but what would, you know, they're going to have all this shitty Barnes and Noble, you know, Hitler's secrets or whatever. It's going to be the same, <laughs> the same shit. You know, Hitler's secret gold train underground occult sandbox or whatever. Like, it's going to be the same shit. And yeah, it's, it's, this is just the world we live in. I have promised my wife that for the weekend, I would actually unplug myself from the tweeter. No more tweeter for me. Um, idea. I'm going to unplug myself from the whole war for a couple of days because it's been, frankly, pretty deleterious to my mental health. Yeah, well, that, So that, um, that's what I'm going to be doing. My grandma... As far as I know, I'm, I'm going to knock on wood because I'm a superstitious Russian fuck. Um, she's alive. She's okay. I'm still able to contact her. They haven't shelled Moscow because Moscow's, you know, Russia's the aggressor here. So yeah. nobody's invaded Russia yet. They sent a couple uh, cruise missiles towards um, 
Rostov, which is in fact in Russia, but mostly against military targets. Mostly the only the only thing that Russians have seen so far is economic repercussions, and they'll be seeing a lot yeah. more in the days to come. But it's uh, Ukrainian people that are dying. So uh, you know, if if our listeners can go home with something, is to um, understand, of course, that uh, the Russian people. Um, are largely not at fault. Even the individual Russian soldier is largely a victim. Yeah, this is, this uh, is but all... it is in fact this is one hundred percent the you know the Ukraine is definitely the victim here. The Ukrainian people are definitely the victim. Yeah. Um, I'm I, I'm not going to do the flag waving Slava Ukraine shit. I'm not doing that. Um, but um, yeah, uh, there are clearly a offended party and uh, victim here, and I am on their side. So. It's just sad. The whole thing makes me very, very sad. I have cried several times this week, and I'm not afraid to admit that because I, again, will admit I, I feel shame, and I shouldn't. Again, I've, I've been in the country since 1999. I have never served in the Russian Armed Forces. You know, funnily enough, I've served in the U.S. Armed Forces. Um, that's what you should feel bad about, honestly. That's what I should feel. Yeah. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. I should never have dropped out of college. Uh, but um, uh, Right. Yeah. Same, brother. All three of us. Amazing. We're all fucking idiots. College dropouts that had to join the military. Such a stupid move. Yeah. Since then, I've, you know, of course, gone back to college and got my degree. And yeah, I'm, 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 uh, you know, I'm actually I'm, finishing my art degree, which doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but, uh, that's exactly what you should have always done. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I went back and got my STEM degree, and now I have my upper middle class lifestyle. And I don't deserve it because there's people starving to death in the United States and there's people dying in Ukraine and it's all unfair and shitty. And I get to, you know, I have this idyllic life with my family and my, uh, you know, I go, I go to bed every night and I feel guilty, but I've been feeling a lot more guilty recently. And uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of the coda there. Um, you know, take care of each other, hug your loved ones. All that shit, um, because we're you, living. You're not allowed to do sign-offs like this. Dude. We are living yeah. in a completely and, new world. <laughs> and That's uh, what I, got. I actually, uh, I I decided uh, that but don't uh, take my medicine. Do not take. I need my medicine. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, <laughs> man! You're my stepping fucking... all over our toes. Don't take my medicine. I need it. Please don't take it. Yeah. I actually, uh, I actually figured that uh, uh, this would be a uh, uh, depressing week for a lot of people and a depressing episode. So I actually did some work, even though I almost slept through the podcast again. Weren't okay. you fired? Well. Uh, he's been fired uh, and rehired several I keep, times. I real, keep showing up because I have, quick, uh, I have keys still. Uh, bef- before you load up whatever, whatever you're going to load up, that'll that'll hopefully be, I don't know, nice to end on. Um, <laughs> Red, Red Kaladin says, uh, basically, some of the volunteers they gave guns to were conducting sabotage and what is assumed to be well-intentioned actions. And more than once, they've shot their own people. I think he's talking about Ukraine, uh, thinking they were saboteurs. That's that's, spe- that's speculative. That's speculative because there's also a story yeah. floating out about Russian personnel putting on Ukrainian uniforms. Can I confirm his or my story? I can't. No, it could be yeah. either. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very confusing it's situation. It's war. Uh, yeah. And then he continues to say, also saw Ukrainian BMP run over a civilian vehicle. Fortunately, person survived. That was a Russian Stila anti-air SAM missile that was under yeah. fire already. 
Again, this is speculation. I think it may have been accidental. The person, the, because the, the, the villa was shot. It was that that vehicle was destroyed. The people inside it did die. Uh, but yeah, see, it happened to swerve into, into a car. Uh, propagandists on both sides immediately started to fucking... Um, right. To spin it as, oh God, the Russians are running over civilians or, you know, whatever. Um, I don't, again, again, I, I don't know, but I've pieced several videos together. It seems like maybe that thing was already under fire, but they were also other, they were seemingly Russian soldiers dressed in Ukrainian uniforms. Don't know. There's a complex of those videos, but yeah. this was in Kiev. Yeah, it was, it was in inside Kiev. So it was either, again, if, I, if I'm inclined to believe the intelligence experts I follow on Twitter, it seems to be Russian diversionary groups. Um, and yeah, those people were killed, <laughs> but the dude in the car survived. Yes. Thank God for small miracles. That's right. All right, John, <laughs> give us, give us our, our happy thing out, I guess. Well, I mean, if I, if I'm inclined oh. to believe that you're just watching our stream now, you're watching That's... our stream on our own stream. <laughs> is that like, what is that? What is oh, that? sorry. What I, 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 uh... What level of vanity is that? Yeah. John just wanted I, I to see himself again. I, I copied the the wrong clip. Be, what, why gone? does it keep doing this? Why? Oh, I see. I see what's going on. I'm an horrible. I'm supposed to be the drunk one, John. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry. I'm supposed to be Sorry. the drunk one. John, I'm supposed Jesus. to be. I'm the. I'm definitely a drunk one tonight, y'all. I again, I apologize. I'm, don't don't I, be it's, sorry. It's been a week. I, it's th- been a week. This, is, this has been a very good and enlightening talk, I think. Yeah. This revolutionary new device can remove up. A... <laughs> All right. There we go. What is oh. this? Is this real? Oh, please be real. <laughs> is that a police officer? Yeah. <laughs> how, did this, how did this happen? Did he shit his pants uh, a little? How yeah, did... he did. <laughs> this has got to be staged. This has got to be staged. No, so I, I feel what's, like... What's the story here? So he was like running after somebody. Yeah. Uh, and I, I bet you he was trying. You, you remember those like fucking like tactical fucking like fence fucking like like rollover where they're like yeah just like yeah. throw your your the the your uh, upper half of your body like over they don't the account fence. for spikes for anti homeless spikes right yeah yeah and so so they put anti homeless spikes on everything fucking uh and now there's a uh, cop who shit himself as he thought he was going to crash <laughs> fucking face first <laughs> fucking brilliant yeah These are the exact same pair of undies that i used to get made fun of in high school gym class for wearing 100%. yeah no we all got made fun of for those underwear man jesus yeah. this is the part where you walk up and take his gun yeah right. <laughs> and then you just like throw it out. Like no, you don't need this. Anymore. Not not a single. So is this in, is this in Britain? Yeah, this is in the UK. Which oh, so he's, is, so he's not carrying a gun, obviously. Okay. Well, I mean, he probably isn't unless he's a sergeant or whatever they. They have special armed response vehicles for that. They have uh, specially marked armed response vehicles for that. They're clearly marked. Yeah, like, I thought, these cops have guns. These guys don't. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the UK has a big problem with their police, also. Oi, mate, I don't shit me pants loose. <laughs> what's, yeah. what's, what's all this then? Yeah, making <laughs> up, making up laws, fucking uh, uh, using uh, 
uh, things like what our cops do about like uh, disturbing well, the peace. They call it antisocial behavior. Sure. In the what they have in the UK is actually they have black folks there. So the cops have plenty of work, quote unquote. So, yeah, <laughs> they definitely have. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> but uh, yeah, keep, no, keep, I, keep I, playing, I, keep I, playing I, it. I do love that not a single person like like th- this shows like how like like uh no wait you like, help them you're gonna get you're yeah. gonna get tased like yeah you'll you'll be probably be arrested because yeah. you, know, you, you smelt his shitty underwear exactly cop paid so. is universal <laughs> you're off, so you're oh i love this smart, this really does make me feel better <laughs> 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 what is he reaching for? I think Wait, he's trying to find I, a way I, to like pull I, himself I, I, up. I hope he. I hope he's lost his radio too. Like so, <laughs> there's like all these people that, <laughs> that could help him, <laughs> and nobody's saying shit. And he's just like, "Oh, please pass me my radio." I really Officer hope they're upside so. down. Officer <laughs> yeah. upside down. What's the question? I've shit my pants. <laughs> The code for the, the code for I shit my pants. Yeah, John, thank I, you so much for that. That's uh, I, I believe it's called a a, a brown ten nineteen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> brown ten nineteen in progress. <laughs> and and you're welcome, Teddy. I, that's very distinct. That's a very distinct brown spot. Yeah, no, that, yeah that's, well, that's, no, like, that's like, human like, shit. There is that's, no that's, yeah. mistaking that. Yeah, you know, yeah so that, but, like 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 he really shit himself on the way down. Get that mouse in there. Get yeah. that mouse in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that, that 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 is like a full shit that almost came all the way out. Like gravity's the only reason why it it's whole like, it out, fucking, really. Like like yeah. given given how pinpointed that is. Yeah. Get, do we do we have another do we have another angle on this camera? Let's get let's get the well, let's get the secondary we, angle. We, in we need to we need to keep watching this. I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, this episode will never end. Oh, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? I don't don't fuck off the touch. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's trying to reach his radio. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, I love this. Now, now he's trying to climb up. Oh, Jesus. Oh, he's never going to be able to do it. <laughs> no, not, not with that angle. How long was he up there it, for? He had to break oh, his spine in order to like make that work. <laughs> Is he fucking right? Yeah, right. Gotta go straight up or nothing. <laughs> this is this. Please tell me this is real. Please. I I, I really 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 hope it's real. Yes, yeah, it's real for yeah. a while. You know? let's, yeah, let's just, just I mean just to make myself feel better. Yeah. Just like the ghost. Just like the ghost of Kia. Let's believe it's real. Like yeah. it's clearly not. But like whatever. Whatever gives people hope. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a real dog park. Uh, don't help him, don't help him, don't help him. No, don't, he's a police officer, don't help him. It's real. Boo, class traitor. Or fucking <laughs> your place in society traitor. You'll notice he walked off in shape. Right? It's gonna be fun. Don't help me, don't help me, don't help me. Fuck him, he's the police officer. Back up my pants. 
Yep. Just a reminder that there's only one war we need to be fighting. Yes. Yeah, which is against the police. Class, class war. Oh yeah, also yeah. class war. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what, John? Yes, sir. Thanks. Thanks for providing us with this. Uh, this. This little sweetness to end the bitterness of uh, everything we've been talking about. Oh I'm, yeah, I've decided no, I, to rehire you. Um, well, I know, thanks. I, know, I can start getting yeah, paid again. I, I know we agreed to like uh, temporary terms, uh, but but I think I think you're ready to be a part of the full team again. So God bless. Good oh, nice. I I can get a name tag now, right? Yeah, and also the uh, the pension plan. Oh sweet! Wow. Yeah, ten, the, ten uh, cents a month for the rest of your life. How how delightfully oh. socialist. Oh, that's 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 better than I thought it was. I thought yeah. that like when I retired, that you would probably just like drag me into like fertilizer or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> ten cents a month for the rest of your life, guaranteed. Yeah, you know, it's something. You know, yeah, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, you can probably buy an onion here and there with that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh teddy do you have anything else you want to say before we sign off um no again i'll thank you for letting me come on and spew my bullshit no of course um, uh, again nobody's that... nobody's made it to made it to listen to me or even agree with me but i'll keep shutting my shit into the void nonetheless as I, everyone I else think, does i think your bullshit was very good uh if, okay. if i could be so kind to say such i appreciate it um well as always uh the benzo rehab dungeon is a free broadcast if you would like to support this please go to patreon.com slash benzo rehab dungeon uh no minimum no maximum of what uh we ask you to give we will continue to provide the same content regardless of uh whether or not you give or don't give um John, do you have anything that you would like to advertise? Uh, yeah, no, uh, no, not 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 at the moment. Alrighty. Uh, Danko, uh, who was normally on the podcast, runs a workshop. Uh, you can message either him or him or I. Uh, his uh Instagram handle is Dank underscore Deleuze. Um, my. <laughs> Instagram handle is at Benzo Rehab Dungeon. You can message either of us. We can get you in touch with, uh, you know, the uh, the workshop. That's a writing workshop. We talk about art, philosophy, and uh, and uh, poetry, other things like that. Um, we're taking a break this week because Danko's uh, on vacation, but uh, we're we're gonna okay. come back and we're gonna do a bunch of stuff, and it'll be more of a. Uh, uh uh critique sort of base thing for a little while um because Danko is moving soon um and then afterwards it'll be more structured again uh but uh you're welcome to join us um uh, you you can sign up for the patreon but 
we pretty much admit anyone and everyone. Uh, so uh, if you if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, please let us know and and we'll get you uh, we'll get you on board. Um. No, no, no. Ma- Madison says there's no underscore in Dank Deluz. Uh, yes, there is an underscore. It's Dank underscore Deluz. Uh, check me, Madison. Fight me. <laughs> um. Anyways, as always, we love you. Please take your medicine. Please take mine too. Is what Dorian would say. Yeah, and share some with your friends, you greedy fucks. And then uh, Teddy, Teddy's been on the podcast enough that he has to have his own sign off as well. So go ahead and come up with it now, Teddy. Please, please yeah. don't take my medicine. Please, uh, I, I need, need my it. medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I just recently started getting it prescribed. Don't take it. I really need it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. All right, wonderful. Um, I'm going to give it a couple of seconds because uh, the, the, the delay will cut you off. Uh and now we are done. Finally. And Jesus. I'm ending.